hello, beautiful people. It is Feel the Beat, Wednesday, ah. August 3rd, 2022, and this sports show begins epic. This feet drop from Twine. Here we here go. We had, a baby. We had a baby. Here we go. We are a little bit of a rough start there <laughs> for the first hour here on this Wednesday, August 3rd. We are just one day away from NFL football taking place. Yes, the Hall of Fame game is tomorrow night. Oh, yeah. And although we won't know any of the players playing in the actual game, and we will get a chance to kind of get a glimpse of what the new teams might look like, especially with... Doug Peterson, Super Bowl winning head coach now in Jacksonville. Remember when they decided to pay Christian Kirk, who would not be playing tomorrow night in the Hall of Fame game. That is kind of what offset this entire wide receiver market. Trevor Lawrence going into his second year. He's supposed to be a guy. Good news, he's not playing tomorrow night. Nobody we know will be playing tomorrow night, but we'll get a chance to see what these new coaches are putting into their new cultures. Uh, Obviously, Peterson in Jacksonville, Josh McDaniels over in Las Vegas. Mm. They've gone all in. All the players that you know of, they will not be playing tomorrow night, but we will get a chance to kind of see what is Josh McDaniels uh, Raiders team going to look like? What's the offense going to look like? We're hearing about what the new offense in New England is going to look like, and we're starting to see little wrinkles and ripples all around the NFL, but tomorrow night we'll learn little to nothing, but we will be excited that in NFL football a Duke was kicked off in a game with lights on and camera showcase. Hell yeah. That's right. Uh, Some other important notes on the day. Uh, Bill Belichick has talked about the tampering situation with the Dolphins, as has Todd Bowles in the Buccaneers. The Dolphins have obviously addressed it, and Roger Goodell is going to be yelling at all the owners in Minnesota, either today or tomorrow, Mm -hmm. about the tampering situation that took place when Stephen Ross said, hey, Bob Kraft, fuck you. Yeah, (laughs) I'm sending my guy Bruce Beal, vice president of this whole operation, the successor, allegedly, for the Miami Dolphins. I'm sending them directly into Tom Brady's DMs, and they're going to chit-chat about Tom potentially becoming an owner of the Miami Dolphins while you just have him as Johnny Foxborough up there in New England, Rob. Sorry, and then whenever he wasn't able to get the deal done because Tom Brady went down to Tampa Bay and had dinner, I believe, with the Tampa Bay Lightning owner, yep. uh, Bill Gates, yep. I think, and Derek Jeter. That's right. Yep. Uh, Tampa Bay was able to win him over. Uh, as soon as he signed back with Tampa and was uh, training with Tampa, uh, Stephen Ross and Bruce Spear were like, hey, Tom, just know the offer's still on the table. Come own this. So he said to the Glazer family in Tampa Bay, hey, fuck you. I'm going to try to get your quarterback to be an owner of my team and a player as well. So I guess Roger Goodell is going to have to handle that behind closed doors with all the owners who are saying, remember, we're in this together. Yeah. We're not trying to fuck each other over, Mr. Stephen Ross, man who came out and said, I made more money in one F1 race than all the NFL. <laughs> so now you're putting us down over F1. Mm-hmm. You're trying to pluck other people's players. Hey, Stephen Ross, I understand that Roger Goodell in the NFL decided to suspend you for six games, take a first, take a third, and fine you $1.5 million. We want to let you know your vote ain't worth a fucking here anymore. Nope. Yeah. The next 10 years, any vote we were a part of, guess who you're voting with? Whatever the majority is. You are, <laughs> like, is that what? What's happening? Because how do you really punish him even more? The $1.5 million with his $8.2 billion net worth is absolutely nothing. Him being suspended for six games, not being able to go into his suite, I assume he has a yacht that's right outside. And and they will have, I think they'll have service. I'm not sure if you can get internet onto a yacht these days. Dan Snyder said his couldn't because he couldn't zoom into the House Oversight Committee. But if this motherfucker's out on a yacht just watching the game for six games, is he that upset? We're not sure. The first uh, uh, rounder that was being forfeited next year, they already have another one. Mm -hmm. And then the third round in the future who gives a fuck draft picks could be very easy to get as long as more GMs that are like Les Snead in LA continue mm-hmm. to come in the NFL where they fuck these picks mm-hmm. really the punishment doesn't seem like it's real at all unless there's more to the story that we're not going to hear about because this uh, feels like a billionaire's problem yeah not really ours fallout from the Deshaun Watson um 
suspension. Six games, obviously everybody on earth thought it was going to be a lot more, except for maybe the uh, Deshaun Watson camp. Uh, Judge Sue L. Robinson, the first time she's ever ruled on anything uh, regarding the NFL and the new process in which an independent judge will make a ruling. And then ultimately... Roger Goodell is still the Supreme Court, though. That's right. This happened because the players were sick of Roger Goodell being the judge, jury, and executioner for every single decision. New CBA comes around. They have to figure out a way to negotiate a real punishment process for when something either goes wrong on the field or off the field. So what they came to agreement upon was the Honorable Judge Sue L. Robinson. Former federal judge who retired in 2017 was ready to get the gavel back in the hand. Oh yeah, uh-huh. for sure. The NFL and the NFLPA brought her and this is the first time we are watching her process which was created for her because players were upset about how much power Roger Goodell had kind of come into play. The NFL now has until tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. Um, to basically appeal Judge Sue Robinson's ruling of the six-game suspension for Deshaun Watson. And this is a pivotal point in this entire thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because if the NFL does appeal it and they say, hey, Judge Sue Robinson, it's your first time here, you're Uh fucking wrong. Sorry, Sue. (laughs) Publicly, and to all the players in the NFL locker rooms, and we're not saying that we don't think what Deshaun was accused of isn't terrible. We all agree that it's terrible. Right. Well, the truth come out about what, how it all feels like we got a lot of similar stories from a lot of people from all over the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, feels like there was a lot of, um, you know, narratives that, you know, Kyle Brandt said this, who will be joining us today. He said this on Good Morning Football. He said, unless the conspiracy that you believe is that these 30, 60 some, I guess, yeah. 30 some women came together with very similar stories, all found one lawyer for the lawsuit against Deshaun Watson because they viewed Deshaun Watson as a potential, hey, we can get this person. If you believe that conspiracy, okay, I can see that you think that the world is filled with just incredibly intelligent mastermind type people that can take advantage of people. Now, you're giving a lot of credit to a lot of people, but I understand why you could view that because technically that could have happened. Now, it sounds like all the stories are similar, so we feel like we kind of have a, a sense of what's going on, yeah. uh, but whenever the Texas uh, grand jury doesn't indict him, when Judge Sue Robinson said it wasn't violent at all, I think there is also people that start piecing together what it could have happened like, and in all of our brains, we all have an iteration of what happened between Deshaun and this entire situation, and pretty similar, but there's probably variants. There's people that, are, that probably assume every word that the uh, accuser said was true. There's probably some people out there that believe Deshaun Watson, he wasn't indicted uh, in this six things that Judge Sue Robinson said he wasn't indicted. They're probably out there. Sure. And then I think a large majority of us are just kind of in the middle where we've been like, yeah, we assume this, we assume some of this. Mm-hmm. This probably took place. Definitely creepy. Somehow this couldn't happen. They ended up settling, so it feels like everybody's going to be able to move on with their life. We kind of have that. I feel that the NFL is going to say we do appeal. Um, just strictly because of public narrative. Mm-hmm. And also, um, uh, Sue, you, this is your first time in the NFL. And in the report, Sue said, trying to shift a dynamic shift in the culture of the NFL while feeling as if they haven't given fair enough of a heads up to players as well. So they're trying to shift the culture, trying to shift the process, trying to shift everything. And they're trying to set a new precedent with this new independent judge and ruler. Mm -hmm. So if Roger Goodell and the NFL appeal, you could say it sounds like they're cutting this entire process out at the knee saying, hey, listen, you do it. Still Roger Goodell's world. We Mm -hmm. still do this. 
I think what the NFL will do is this. I think the NFL will appeal it. I think Roger Goodell will inevitably give him more games. I don't think Deshaun will sue him because I think if Deshaun sues him, that opens up the entire case and it has to go to outside courts, not just Sue Robinson's NFL court. Mm-hmm. That would have to go somewhere. Now, would they make that court public like we saw Johnny Depp and Amber Heard? Mm-hmm. Or would it make it private? We won't hear anything. I assume the first, not the second. Yeah. Who knows what side's going to do what? But if the NFL comes back and says no 10 games and then Deshaun sues him, then it's held up in like appeals courts, and he could play this entire season basically. Oh, yeah. And then the suspension potentially comes the year after, like what happened with Tom Brady yep. and the New England Patriots. I think the NFL is going to come back with, let's say, a couple more games, like 10. Let's say Roger Goodell says uh, 10 games. And this, maybe he has Judge Sue Robinson up there with him while he's giving this. And he says, I appreciate all of her hard work. I appreciate the voluminous. Um, amount of of research reading (laughs) they said in the report and everything like that but we are both trying to set a new precedent with this new process with this type of manner we feel 10 games is the proper amount judge Sue robinson's power will still remain very powerful and go on and uh basically not bury the new process but also get a good sense of what the internet said immediately upon the ruling Mm -hmm. coming and what the world said and everything like that which the people say the nfl does they check reactions to on how they're going to go so i think it's going to end up being more games from roger goodell i think he's going to try to put over the new process Mm -hmm. i don't think he's going to bury the process at all this is what i'm assuming is going to happen i don't think deshaun's going to sue i think it's just going to be uh hey let's move on bygones be bygone situation (laughs) and then seven games still most meaningful football games Deshaun's able to play. Uh, the NFL looks babyface. Yeah. And the Judge Sue Robinson process still holds a little bit of power. That feels like it's a, a potential, but we won't know until 8 a.m. tomorrow morning on whether or not the NFL appeals the ruling of six games at Tone Dicks. 100% agree with everything you said. One question, though. Is it 100% Deshaun's uh, decision on whether he sues or not, or does the NFLPA have a say in that as well? I'd assume it's... Ultimately, in the end, I think it's probably going to be okay. Deshaun and yeah. these people. The NFLPA probably push for it. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, these That's are our what, options. Yeah. We could do this. We could do this. But it feels because the NFL is in a, quite a bond here, too. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Because Definitely. the NFL has to go yell at all the owners about, mm-hmm. you know, hey, trying to fuck each other over. Sure. Dan mm-hmm. Snyder on a Zoom call from whatever Napoleon's Island is yeah. into this thing. He allegedly is playing shell game with money with the other owners. Stephen Ross is calling owners saying, hey, listen, uh, or not calling owners, basically calling players that are on other teams yeah, and saying, on. hey, come yeah. on, fuck these guys. You should be peers. Yeah. You should come be peer with Robert Kraft, not working for Robert Kraft. What are you even doing? Like, I, They have a lot to settle mm-hmm. themselves. A good baby face for all of them would be, yeah, we should... We should change the ruling on what happened to Sean. And maybe they even changed the Stephen Ross ruling, too. I mean, who knows what's going to take place with it all. But the six-game thing, setting the precedent for this whole new process, in this case being yeah. the precedent setter, puts them all in quite a pickle. And they, I think they're really trying to figure it out, even though they got big old brains. Talks to the table. I pass the Connor Schmidt. Go on. Yeah, yeah, I mean, sorry. No, go ahead. I mean, I just don't think they're going to do it strictly because it just carries it on. And then, what, next week or the week after we get the Camara? And then after that, the Snyder thing doesn't seem to be anywhere near done. I don't know if we're going to hear anything about the Snyder thing, strictly because if he spoke for 11 hours, at this point we might have heard something from so that. So you think Roger Goodell going hands off? Hey, hey Judge Hugh Robinson. Yeah, trust listen. the process. Well, that's why we got her. Yeah, hey, exactly. She's federal judge. Shit, my dad was a judge. What if Commissioner comes <laughs> up? What if Roger Goodell yeah. comes up? My dad was a federal Who judge. I was not a fucking federal judge. No. I, what do you want me to, she did you read all I didn't read it all you know why I didn't fucking have to yeah. she, that's why we have she said six games 
We are moving on. Case dismissed. What if he has yeah, a gavel? Exactly. What if he actually ca- has Possible. a gavel? Goes case dismissed. Let's move this thing on. I don't know. This that would be them missing an opportunity to potentially turn babyface. Yeah, and I, and I think you're right. When you look at the public perception, like they know how people have reacted to this. Like six games, you know, almost unanimously is like you know. And then maybe it's one of those things where they want to turn babyface, but have they almost already shot themselves in the foot where they give him six, and now if they go up to ten, like are pe- would people kind of be like, okay, you know, the NFL is trying to do it here, or would it just be the same? Like this is bullshit. Should be a season. Yeah. You know, like it. It's almost like they they pin themselves in a corner and now and you're really saying matters. yeah it continues to it's extend just, the conversation it, it keeps it in and let's say you know maybe deshaun doesn't sue what if he does and then he's playing week one like is that going to be even well, worse no we can dive even deeper there because deshaun would want to miss his games this year not next year because his salary this year is one million right. his salary yeah. next year Much is better. whatever so right. like aside from the discovery and how you know, the court, who knows, because that'd be an open court, uh-huh. how that would all go in the whole thing and how much everybody would learn. And remember, Deshaun, from the very beginning, did not want a... Um, NDA. And right. he wanted to be able to talk about yes. this. Yeah. That was like months and months and months and months ago. Mm-hmm. So I'm not saying that Deshaun has ever uh, not been like, hey, I don't want anybody to find out about any of this. Allegedly, it was the complete opposite. Right. Allegedly, there was... Um, Almost agreements were made, but they couldn't come to. They had a number. That was yeah. part of the settlement, right? The settlement part that he couldn't agree with was the NDA. He right. Would, right. He did not want to be muzzled. He would like to be able to talk about it, and then it allegedly fell apart. Yes. And that was with now they're they've settled with twenty three of the twenty four. Mm-hmm. Who knows what's going on with the one? Like, if what if that one goes to court, we could be visiting. Oh yeah. This whole thing yeah. again. I mean, it's, absolutely. The NFL. I mean, we're getting close to season. And, you know, there's some outstanding things to talk about. Mm -hmm. And by outstanding, I don't mean good. I mean, like, not finished yet. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it feels like this Deshaun Watson case could come to a closure. Or by 8 a.m. tomorrow morning, they extended a couple more days, turned babyface. And uh, that's all she wrote. What if if he says, we appeal, 7.30 a.m. press conference tomorrow morning. Yeah. Roger Goodell from his plane. Uh, We appeal and we also suspend him four more games. All right, we just lost internet. Sorry, and then they just <laughs> yeah, then they just because <clears throat> that's who's making the, who's making the decision to appeal. Roger Goodell. Yeah, Goodell. Mm-hmm. Who's deciding what the punishment is off of the appeal? Roger Goodell. Right. So if he doesn't want to waste any time, he can literally same. Eh, we have chosen to appeal, and we've thought about it. We're actually going to suspend him four more games. That's what the NFL thinks. Right. We think so. See you later. We're moving on. Now, if he was to be suspended ten games, not. By the way, we have no fucking idea. No right? idea. Because the more we talk about it, the more I get conflicted on which yeah. way they'll go. Because does Roger Goodell just want to say hands off? This is why we got this. Yeah, mm-hmm. it wasn't my decision. This was Sue's the NFL decision. and the NFLPA agreed on this that yes. this is how this is going to be. This is not me. This is for and if I was to change it, this would set the t- uh, precedent for everything. Yeah, let her make her own ruling. My ruling has nothing to do with that. And he's just hands off and it's over and you move on. But Goodell. He has to know. The opportunity to go baby. There is an opportunity to be hero. That he probably will never get again. People hate his guts. Everything he he does. He gets booed everywhere he goes. Unless he has the volunteer firefighters with him. Cops. Cops with him. Kids. Military with him. Which you'll never see him in public without, except for at the draft. And at the draft, it's a... Overwhelming yeah, cacophonous amount of booze. booze. Yeah, I mean, that is, yeah, because he's had to rule against everybody's favorite team. Right. Mm-hmm. Anytime he is talking, it's normally not something great happening to your favorite 
anything. Yeah. He is representative of 31 billionaires, so it's not even really his, He is just, and he makes 60 million a year. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, he <laughs> is a heel. I sure, mean, it, Roger, for sure. Roger Goodell is a heel, just n- n- probably as a human. I mean, we see he sits on his leather chairs, eats mm-hmm. his peanut M and M's. Right, normal guy. Probably drinks beers if we sure. had a guy. NFL football. Has to go watch his NFL football. College can't. No, no, sorry, no, no. sorry. I'm busy on Saturday. Yeah. Maybe probably on Tuesday. As night. a human, if you were in his friend group, you'd probably say, "Roger's normal guy." Yeah. yeah, yeah. Roger mm-hmm. plays cards with Maybe. us. He mm-hmm. does that whole thing. But guy, and then everybody outside's like, "Oh yeah, well he fucking suspended my favorite player for games for blah 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 for blah." Nothing. Oh, he took this away from my team. He chose to do this. He put our team in this. He did that. And there's those are always going to outweigh emotionally any of the uh, positive mm-hmm. things. So by Trade, you are going to be hated if you're a commissioner of a league. Sure. Mm-hmm. So maybe Goodell doesn't even, maybe it's bad for the gimmick if he was to come yeah, out here. True. Maybe it would be bad for the gimmick if he was come out here and turn baby. This opportunity is sitting here yeah. for Roger Goodell. Somebody else made a decision that nobody's happy about that he could supersede very publicly. It's like, does he want to do it or not? We find out by 8 a.m. Yeah, and it feels like, I mean, I completely agree. There definitely is this baby face, you know, turn that he could do easily. But don't you think in two weeks when the Snyder thing comes out and oh, he yeah. says, you know what, Dan Snyder, you're out. You, I'm, I will not oh, stand so for this. He's, this he's is my full decision. face turn, you're exactly. saying. Exactly. <laughs> he, goes, he goes back, he, and that's his baby face move. Like, hey, you know what? The people were pissed about Deshaun. I'm not going to, you know, do anything for for Dan, aside from kicking him out of the league. And what this if is he only goes, on me. For those that don't watch wrestling, Babyface is good guy. Good guy. Yeah. Theo is bad guy. Uh-huh. People make turns from bad guy to good guy in a smooth one punch or one mm-hmm. kick. It all happens. People, the most famous one, I think Hulk Hogan, that, that whole NWO moment, obviously, because he was the biggest good guy of all time. Then he turned bad, started spray painting his beard on. Right. That is a uh, Babyface to heel turn. Heels can become Babyface. Same exact in the opposite fashion. Bad guy takes out other bad guy in the name of good guy. All of a sudden, guess what? Bad guy is good gotcha. guy. Yep. Bad guy. Baby face. Bad guy's out. Yeah, you're a baby face. Like this is just like storytelling. What if he does full baby face turn? Deshaun Watson thing. He adds on more to Stephen Ross. To yeah, yeah. Publicly says that. Snyder from the thing. You're out. See, See you ya. later. He starts donating all of his salaries to mm-hmm. things. Like I'm donating fifty yeah. million to this. Yeah. Like, what if Roger Goodell goes on the most epic baby face turn in the history of storytelling? That would be remarkable. But it's not gonna take place. No, no way. That's a, he's healed two weeks from now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Maybe even two days from now. Well, and the owners are probably like, yeah, you, you want to be baby oh, face. Everybody like, loves we, Roger. Yeah, yeah, we need well. everybody to hate your fucking guts so you don't do a damn thing. You go out there, you shut your mouth, and you eat shit for the remainder of this year. <laughs> hey, Roger, you fucking like what you're doing right now? Yeah. Signing autographs, kissing babies, taking pictures. <laughs> That's what I'm supposed to be fucking doing. You're supposed to be fucking getting booed and yelled out of buildings. People throwing batteries at you? Good, because you know why? I'm walking right over those batteries and they're clapping for me. <laughs> I'm the one telling you to say these terrible things. I don't give a fuck. This is you, bub. You're a bad guy. So you go out there and you say, Judge Hugh Robinson, great lady, big brain, and move the fuck on. Yeah. <laughs> for Stephen Ross, you give him no votes next 10 years. For Dan mm-hmm. Snyder, you tell that motherfucker he owes us all. <laughs> Hundreds of millions of dollars for what he has done, and let's move the fuck on, you piece of shit. Remember, you are a yeah. piece of shit. <laughs> what if that is that, happening? It's possible. I feel like that, that is really likely. could be happening right now. The Roger Goodell, yeah. yeah. In the Dan Snyder thing, like Jerry Jones, if Dan Snyder was withholding money from other owners, like I don't, I think Jerry wouldn't be that upset if he, you know, if Roger Goodell decided 
get Dan Snyder the hell out of here, especially because of him. I mean, him in the Papa John alleged meeting about it. Papa. This is the most division we have ever seen amongst the owners of the NFL. By far. The most. Honestly, this is a big deal what's happening right now. This whole tampering thing yeah. uh-huh. that they are never going to talk about again. Mm-hmm. The NFL will make sure that the, this tampering thing, everybody thought that we were doing um, the tampering conversation to avoid the Deshaun Watson conversation yesterday mm-hmm. and we were the puppets yeah. of the right. goddamn yeah, NFL right. or whatever, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Do you remember when people oh, yeah. were saying uh-huh. that about oh, us yeah. yesterday? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Puppeteer. They are going to want this tampering thing to go away as quick as possible. Oh, definitely. I mean, this is – is, we do not talk about this ever again. There's going to be heated words, we assume, in a meeting today, and whether it's on a Zoom or in person in Minnesota, allegedly, mm-hmm. is where they're supposed to meet. It's going to get – but they are going to try to put this to bed and move on publicly as fast as possible, unless our guy Mark Davis comes out. Yes. Yeah. With his backpack. St- starter jacket on, uh-huh. backpack, little flat bill. Yep. <laughs> it's Game Boy. Yep. We're not happy with Stephen Ross. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody is. And then just walks off. That's the only time we've ever heard any type of division from mm-hmm. the, the NFL owners. Yeah. It seems to be happening now at a rapid rate. And there's new owners in there. So what are the, is there a shift in dynamics in the ownership of the NFL? And what does that mean for everybody? Yeah, what if Walton, first owner's meeting, just comes in and big dicks everybody? <laughs> like, you know what? I got the most money here. My vote matters more than everybody else's. And what do they say? Because, like, did this happen with that? That's not going to happen. No, yeah, I don't obviously. Think so. it's all, yeah. They're all billionaires. They all. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how those old school business guys get business done. But I think there is a little bit of... Uh, I think it's going to be tough just going there and walking. Jerry Jones would leave a handprint on... Rob Walton's face if he walked in there and started yeah. acting like that. I can't get up right now, but fucking walk right over here, please. <laughs> yeah. Run your face into my hand. Thank you, pain. All right. Go sit down. Now, Kraft's going to do the same. Yeah. Kraft, <laughs> Go please. on, Bob. You know how Bob gets down, too. He'll smack the shit out of you and he'll kiss you right on the cheek, too. Once you're Robert Kraft. It's a wild time in the NFL and training camp's happening. Joining us now. Okay. This is awesome. I'm excited. This is the first time. Yeah, here yeah. we go. I've been a fan of this human for a long time because obviously he and his brother are absolute trailblazers. Mm-hmm. Now, the name itself, his last name itself, is strictly polarizing immediately upon hearing it because you might have caught up with him at one segment of his life and he didn't love him. He's been famous forever. He's one of the smartest business people I've ever seen on the internet. And now, he is a legitimate rock star, WWE superstar. Built for it, made for it, host of Impulsive, co-founder of Prime. Hydrate? Hydrate. Delicious, by the way. Oh, Good yeah. stuff. Official drink of uh, the fucking Arsenal soccer team. No big deal. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Premier League. No shit. This guy. Yeah. That's fucking big brain. Incredibly handsome. Ladies and gentlemen, Logan Paul. Yeah! Wow. What's up, dude? Wow. I just got a standing ovation. Pat, you, you have so much energy. That was... Such a good intro. Thank you. I'm, I'm, I'm honored to be here, man. I'm a huge fan. No. I love what you're doing. Logan, I don't need to hear that, okay? You're the guy around here. We all know, and I appreciate you. Where are you right now? What are you doing? Are you training again right now? Yeah, dog. So that's why I'm late. I, uh, I was sparring. I'm, I'm a boxer now again. Okay, you getting back in the ring, or is this just for workout? Yeah, we're getting back in the ring. We're going to go uh, from professional sport to professional sport. Like, I want to get a fight uh, in December. Who? We'll see. I, I have some people in mind, um, but I can't say, Pat, you know, you only get one first impression. Like, that's part of my, uh, my, I think, ability to make moments. 
and uh, I like making first impressions big, and so I want to keep it a secret until we're ready. Okay, well, I'm excited. I didn't know if I had missed something and you had already announced it. I felt like a jackass, so I'm happy I didn't miss an announcement. Hey, let's go, huh? Here we go. Let's Here fucking we go. go, huh? Let's go. Uh, good luck out there. Good luck with training. Uh, the WWE has been something that you've taken to like a fish to water. Obviously, at WrestleMania, when you and Miz were tag team partners, and then just the other day at SummerSlam, you fucking killed it. Are you training full-time? Is it like, all right, I'm boxing for a little bit then I'm wrestling for a little bit you looked unbelievable hey yoked you flew I mean Mm -hmm. the fucking dive so it was insane you're you're fucking you're are you tip top shape right now and are you training boxing wrestling every single day Logan um so I cater my body because I consider my body like my my armor and it's ability to do certain things depends on what sport I'm doing so I cater my body to wrestling this time. I, I focused on on explosion because I knew that I knew that jump was going to be long, you know. And 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 by the way, I've been begging to get aerial. I I love to soar, dude. I feel so com- so comfortable in the air. And like WWE let me go this time. So you know, a lot of big jumps, a lot of big slams. And I'm bro, I'm 27. Like, and I'm working out like a fucking machine. My body is equipped because I'm young and strong to take these kind of falls. Like, bro, I wasn't even sore the next day. Duh. At all, like I couldn't have been more healthy and prepared for this. Good for Man, you, that by the way. Insane, dude. Yes. I, I honestly, I cannot believe that's me. Well, and then also you hit the frog splash like form in the air. Oh, yeah. So not only uh-huh. are you diving and you're not just like scared you're not going to make it or scared you're not going to hit there, you actually had perfect form and at the end exploded through it. It was it was glorious, Logan. It was a fucking moment. <laughs> hey, this Thanks, will live man. forever, Logan. This going to live forever. This moment. Thanks, man. I, I, I hope so, man. I, I, I thoroughly enjoy creating moments that I'll remember forever, but it's much more important to me that I create moments that people watching will remember forever. Like when I watch that clip back, I watch the fans. You know, I, I watch, for sure I watched me a couple of times, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but I, I watch the reactions, man. And to see the WWE fandom, which, as you know, is one of the most powerful fandoms in the world, you know, it's, it, it really is a, a family and a universe. To see them go, from yep. either not knowing or extreme dislike at the beginning of that match for me to by the end, they're counting with me, you know, hands in the air, taking pictures, phones out. Like, dude, you, you can't write this like this. I'm, I, I can't believe this is my life, and I'm so blessed and thankful. Well, you put on a hell of a performance, and I think you're – read on that entire thing is an accurate one because that's what i was doing as i was watching i was watching it in the back and uh i'm looking i'm listening to the fans because you know it your entire life right people just hated you regardless because of a decision because you've been famous now since you were how old how old has uh when did you start Uh, becoming like a a notable human yeah i was 18 so i kind of knew who i was but not at all like you know i knew i was a young adult that wanted to do big things, but I, you know, I didn't find myself till I was 25, man. And you're right. Like my whole life has been on camera and that comes with amazing blessings and, you know, sometimes even greater consequences, but I have no problem earning respect. You know, like I think that's how respect should be given. Like I'm fully prepared to, to, to show the WWE universe just how capable and uh, um, dedicated I am to this sport. 
I think I think commitment is all that the WWE fans care about. And I think mm-hmm. the things that you accomplish in that ring like takes a lot of commitment to get to that point. Jumping through the sky, willing to risk your body while flying to the commentary table. Like I think the <laughs> WWE universe like actual wrestling fans, marks if you will, were like, "Damn, this dude was willing to do this for our entertainment." Like you saying respect was earned. I think you 100% got that from the WWE folks. When did you know WWE was going to be a thing? When you were growing up, did you assume you're athletic, you wrestled right in Ohio? Hell no. No. <laughs> Hell no. Why not? Why not? It feels like a match made in heaven, Logan. That's I've, I'm not going to lie. I've been asking myself the same thing because when I think about it, man, almost everything I've done my entire life has been building up to me performing for the WWE. Like, the stunts, the showmanship, the uh, the kind of like past, you know, young punk attitude. Yeah, the hate, the I love, never, the I cheers. Know, like, yes, everything. As a career path, I just, I guess, I never considered it, and now it makes so much sense, you know. And after WrestleMania, which, by the way, I told you after uh, your match at SummerSlam, bro, I love watching you perform because oh, you always surprise me, man. You're. Come on. You're, don't take offense to this, but you're actually crazy athletic. Oh, thanks. <laughs> thanks, Logan. I pre- hey, you too, man. Hey, you too. Bro, but, like, <laughs> but, like, I think people look at me and they expect me to be athletic. No offense, Pat, but, like, you know, you're a punter, Pat. Like, I don't know. I don't expect you to fucking do a backflip off the top rope, land it, and jump back up on the top rope. I understand. I understand. And I smoke a lot, too. I mean, there's a lot of things I do that, like, yeah, I, I've, I'm 100% okay with what you just said, but I appreciate that. And you actually came up to me after SummerSlam and you said, Hey man, I stuck around. Like I appreciate you a lot because I'm a I'm a big fan. But let's get back to kind of your journey here to becoming a WWE superstar. Obviously, being famous since you were 18 and becoming a businessman um, is something that just kind of gets forced down your throat. Were you ready for the business that kind of showed up? Because hey man, you are fucking hey. We're talking like, and I'm gonna pat myself on the back here on this screen. Like 20 years from now. People are going to say, oh, there's two billionaires that were chatting to each other. <laughs> you know, like that that's probably, that's going to happen. And you and your brother have had that mindset for a fucking long time. Did you know that? What do you, do you watch Shark Tank? And you're like, that's how you do business? How, how do you kind of handle all that type of shit as well? It's a, it's a great question. So I have not always been uh, business savvy. In fact, this only, this only happened, me thinking about uh, the longevity of my, my career and, and my livelihood in the past man three years like uh, before 24 i promise you while i made money i didn't give a shit about business man all i cared about was creating and now i don't know what it is as an adult i I, i'm able to work a little smarter you know and and at you know pre-23 i think it's really hard to see what 30 looks like or 35 right like bro you're you're, i'm a kid with money and fame i don't i don't i don't even know if i'm gonna make it at that point yeah like honestly bro the shit i was doing like I, i wasn't even sure how, how long I was going to live. Now I'm 27. I'm like, okay, life is good. I kind of want to prolong this for as much as I can. I, I want to have a family. You know, I want I want to do good for the world. And so I'm able to work smarter and use the platform that I spent my early 20s building to leverage really smart business with, with you know, good product, great partners, and most importantly, I think great marketing. Well, Prime Hydrate, by the way, marketing is everything. You know that. That's why, I mean, every rich person knows that as well. Prime Hydrate yeah. sounds to be uh, sounds like it's killing. Congrats on that. Um, Thank you. How did, how did that come to be? You're just, you're in the lab? Hey, hey, listen, I want a little better tasting, a little bit more healthy. <laughs> how do I, how does this yeah, come to so, be? So I think, I think this, uh, this conversation is significant because, you know, every influencer 
and their brother, mother, sister, family member starts uh, some sort of product, some sort of business, and uh, a lot of I have done Logan. that. A I've lot. done that too. Yeah, but but Prime is the one. I I can say with absolute and the utmost confidence, Prime is the one we created a better for you, better tasting hydration beverage. Uh, we saw. Uh, a gap in the market where you know Gatorade is a legacy brand, but it's also archaic and not good for you. So what if we made something that tasted better and had Valid. literally a sixth of the calories with two grams of sugar? We did it. We made an amazing product. I partnered with my my uh, ex rival, now business partner KSI, and you know that story writes itself. So I have great partners, great marketing because it's built in with us, and most importantly, great product. I saw you grab the bottle after the SummerSlam match, man. I was pretty pumped up about that. You need to get some of those on the commentary table, man. Let me no, go ahead and no, chuck I'll, some I'll, of that. I'll supply you guys with Prime. Yeah, give me your address, man. I'll send you a pallet. All right, man. Yeah. Uh, nine. Uh, <laughs> no, no. The, uh, you've dealt with Triple H mostly in your WWE relationship. I saw he was on Impulsive. Great interview. I also saw Nick Khan and Sonny in there. Uh, but how's Triple H? What has he meant to you? And is he your, you know, kind of, I don't want to say mentor in this entire WWE thing, but is he the one you would view as the guy you go to for every question you have man he, he's he, not no offense to triple h but this is this is not offensive at all but i truly feel like everyone at the wwe the higher ups all give me equal time attention and energy you know like yes yes he's helped me backstage yes we've uh texted about certain uh, moves or, or or the audience or you know he gives me plenty of advice but so does steph so does nick um so does kevin uh, you know, Miz helped me a lot too. Like, nah. I've never, I've never felt more, more like accepted as a, as an employee, dude. Like, I work for the WWE. Yeah, yeah, they get you, right? Doesn't it feel like that when I went over there? It feels like the world. They're hustlers, right? They're they're business people. They're creators. They put on these massive shows, and they've been doing it for like thirty years, forty years. It's like who better to learn from on those? You know, Logan. They're they're so good, man. It is in. Well, it is a well-organized machine, and I, I, I am continually surprised by how, how, how much they can do effectively, too. Like, some of the shit they pull off is unreal, man. I mean, Titan, 48,000 people there watching you fucking fly through the sky. We're talking to Logan Paul. Um, Logan, last question here before we let you go. Can't thank you enough for joining. How many people on your team down there? How many people on your team down there? When you're sparring, are you actually getting punched in the face, like, on a daily basis? Oh, yeah, baby. We just fought some world champs just now. That's why I'm late, man. I was three minutes late. My assistant called. She's like, he's got an interview. <laughs> you I actually fight? Yeah, I'm fucking sweating. My mouthpiece is in my shorts, bro. Like, I'm drink prime. Uh, I got, I got, I'm skinny, bro. I run skinny. I'm the opposite of my brother. I don't know if you chatted with him yet, but my man has a full on posse, 10, 15 people. I got three videographer, coach, chef, girlfriend. Four. I saw Mike. I saw Mike's big ass down. It was my first time. No, Mike's my girl. That's the girl. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, take care of your girl. Take care of your family. Take care of your mentals, man. You're doing a lot for a lot of people. We watch you. Obviously, continue to do your thing, and we appreciate the hell out of you, man. Love you, Pat. Love you, team, Pat. Thank you, guys. I'll see you soon, all right? Yeah, Logan Paul. Thank you, buddy. Yeah, Logan! Here, Here we go, go you, baby. <laughs> Welcome back to the show.
It is a joyful occasion, obviously, this Wednesday, because we are one day away from being able to say that NFL football is happening today. Tomorrow night, the Hall of Fame game where the Raiders will take on the Jaguars in players that we have no idea have ever existed will battle in NFL uniforms on an NFL broadcast. Right now, the line has changed again. The Jacksonville Jaguars are getting two and a half points in Canton, Ohio, as they take on Jared Stottom, Nick Mullins, and some random guy that'll be selling insurance just a couple months from right now in the Raiders at minus two and a half. Kyle Slaughter. Over under 30 and a half. Jacksonville Jaguars will obviously feature uh, Jake Lutton, Mm -hmm. Kyle Swar, and uh, Drake from State Farm getting a couple touches at running back for the Jacksonville Jaguars Mm -hmm. tomorrow. Over under 30 and a half points. Uh, Everybody seems to think that the under is a solid bet in the Hall of Fame game, but this one might get a little bit slicey and dicey out there with Doug Peterson and McDaniels, two offensive-minded head coaches, trying to implement a new culture. I like the over at 30 and a half. Okay. Even though while watching the wow. game, I am going to think to myself, new season, same dumb fucking brain. Why would I ever bet the over on this game? Uh, but I'm coming out swinging on this brand new season of the NFL. I was originally thinking Raiders in the under, but you know what? I was thinking Kyle Slaughter, he's, he's a USFL guy. So he has recently, like in the last month, been under live fire with guys that are going to be on the field Thursday night. Same exact talent level. He is going to be in his comfort zone. Look for Slaughter to throw for maybe 350, 400 yards. Okay, Whoa. so Slaughter with a tud. I don't know if that's a yeah. bet on okay. FanDuel. They're going to have to dive deep into the roster to get some props here on FanDuel for this Hall of Fame game. We like Slaughter to throw a tud, and we like the fucking over. I like the over. I, don't, I think I, don't... I do, too. I think you're right. Two new head coaches. These guys, maybe they do. It's like, hey, let, let's try to fucking. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Uh, talks to table at Tushman at Boston Connor. Tone digs one half of the hammer. Damn. Cowboys, great gamblers on the internet. Uh, joining us now is a man who might know a little bit better than both mm. of us. A man who's college football national champion, Super Bowl champion, mm. Ryder Cup champion, COVID survivor. Holy yeah, that's right. shit. Three he, times? He, well, I don't know how many times. Okay. Not three times in his last week or two. It's being reported the president has uh, COVID-19 again. <laughs> president well soon, Joe. of Joe, the United okay. States. This guy is, what, 70-something years old. He's about to be COVID for the sixth time. Shout My out. God. Wear a mask, Joe. Yeah. I'm getting COVID every other day. I think he is wearing them. I think that's, he? that oh, goes no. into the conversation. Is he, is he just telling well, people that if you no, no, you can we're not wear a mask? Hey, 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 oh, three times oh, 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 days. You can wear a fucking mask. Whoa, 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 whoa. Go back to bed, Joe. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> That is what happened right before we came onto the air there in the second hour, which carried into the on-air shenanigans that you heard early. There's a lot of wonderings on how this potentially happens. For what, the most protected person probably, if that's happening, like what else? And should we get more of a heads up on what the deal is? You know, because Kyler's out for five days. Pete Carroll's yeah. out for five days. Uh-huh. There's other people out for five days that are in the prime shape of their life, cannot go to camp with no symptoms, but potentially a president. No, I don't know if he's in prime shape of his life or not. Three days still operating at a high level. What's going? Why are we still having anything? Who knows? Maybe there's a different strand still. May, we hope everybody survives. What happened in the 90-day period after you tested positive? 
Oh, you don't get it for nine days, no matter what. Well, so that would be the antibody conversation. I don't know if we're equipped to have that one either. So we will move on. <laughs> Joining us now is a COVID survivor who may or may not have the antibodies, if the antibodies even exist now. Right. We do not know what the rules are on anything other than this show is the dumbest every day, and we are continuing to prove that rule to be true. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, AJ Hawk. AJ! AJ! got the Perfect antibodies. Timing. You got the antibodies. Perfect. Yeah, maybe. We'll see. I don't know. I need to take a test, right? But what a what a great, great timing. Con man telling the president to go back to bed. <laughs> Tone is getting a little worked up. It. I like it. AJ, listen, this show has been rather awful today. You yeah. hear me? <laughs> Logan Paul came on, and we were very lucky to talk to him. He was great conversation. He's got done sparring and boxing. And his, his drink prime hydrate uh-huh. is taking over the globe in its genre, in its marketplace. And he's really accomplishing things. And then I look around at what we're doing today, and I'll tell you what, two different paths. That's us, right. Us and Logan Paul. Should we restart practice today? Uh, you were, <laughs> period one. Fucking run the opener. Please run the No, I'm joking. Please do not. Please do not. Let's dive into it. Uh, the NFL has until tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. to appeal Deshaun Watson's ruling from Judge Sue Robinson. And, AJ, I, I don't want to talk about the same thing every single day, but, hey, that's been the last four months of this show, basically, yep. uh-huh. because there seems to be little uh, crumbs that come out daily for us to continue to expand our convo about it. But we are torn. I came into the show thinking and assuming that Roger Goodell would make a babyface turn here. He would take this opportunity where somebody else made a ruling that he did not, and he saw the reaction from basically every human, including Browns fans, including Browns fans' reactions, that are like, this is not enough. He could come out with the way the process is and say, uh, we're trying to set a new um, precedent here with Judge Hugh Robinson, but we cannot allow this to be the first ruling. And Judge Hugh Robinson and myself have agreed. Okay, we, ten days or ten games is good. Boom, that's going to be the suspension. He's babyface for everybody. Will Deshaun sue it and hold this up in appeals? He's only making a million contract next year. If he holds this up in appeals for a year and he plays that next year, I think it's like forty some million dollars. He potentially misses if it's like the Tom Brady Deflate Gate year suspension delay until the next season. Or do you think Goodell goes, I didn't fucking make the ruling. I don't want to make the ruling. I'm not reading all that shit. We are sticking <laughs> with six games and we are moving on. I got to go tell the owners to stop fucking each other over after what Stephen Ross just did to Kraft and the Glazer family and Snyder was shell gaming money to all of us. So Judge Sue Robinson read thousands and thousands of pages of shit. I'm not. We move on. There's he, Both ways in my head are feasible, I think. Don't you? Yeah, it's definitely possible, but I I don't think he ends up appealing this. I, I just think they don't want to do this. The very first ruling she ever has, he doesn't want to have to step in and do what the reason that she is there is because people don't want him having full and complete control. So if he jumps in and snatches control from her right away on their first decision, what does it say for the future? Yeah, see, I think he could in his promo. <laughs> I think he could yeah. protect. I think he could protect that process still yeah. in his rollout of it all. He wants it to be over, though. He wants it over just as, just like Deshaun wants it over. They all need it to, to not be talked about every single day. Let's look at the Browns' schedule here real quick because currently he's out for six games. Jacoby Brissett will be the starter for the first six. It's Panthers, Jets, Steelers, Falcons, Chargers. Okay, so Chargers, obviously a team. Yeah. Um, Fal- Mariota, by the way, I heard is slowing Yeah. Lighten it up. Mariota is having oh, a good training right. camp down in Atlanta. Not a shocker. Yeah. We will have to feel the beat sometime with somebody in Atlanta, yeah, uh-huh. maybe next week or the next time we do this, mm-hmm. because that is a team that nobody has talked about. No, at all. Mariota gets signed down there, and nobody fucking even talks about it because they didn't get to Sean Watson, who they were in on. Remember, Mariota, in relief of Derek Carr, when we thought his groin actually 
popped out of his body mm-hmm. on Thursday Night Football, came in and threw for a hundred, couple of tuds. Yeah. Darren Waller lit Rushed it up. for several as yeah, well. Yeah, he was all the way back. He was a starter for the Titans whenever they were in playoff contention. And then he, you know, Tannehill takes over. He goes to a new home. Who knows what that team's going to look like. So we can't just say, hey, the Falcons are going to be a problem for the Browns. But they might be. Yeah. Steelers, they always are a challenger. Browns know the teams in and out. Both sides do. Uh, that defense is going to be a problem for anybody, even if Deshaun was playing. Will the Steelers offense by week three have any resemblance of a team that can fucking move on that Browns defense? Probably not. So that's going to be a low That'll score. That'll be a 9-6 one. Yeah, that's going to be an yeah. ugly game. Jets game, we have no idea. We assume the Browns will be able to win that with their roster. Yeah. Panthers game is going to be difficult, right? I mean, that's Cleveland at Carolina. Mm-hmm. Baker's new home. All signs out of Carolina Panthers camp are that Baker's probably starting that thing. Mm-hmm. And Matt Corral, also a guy. Yeah. yeah. That's what people are saying down in Carolina. Also Baker probably starting. Corral is a guy. Diggs wanted Corral to be a Steeler because <laughs> he's a blue-collar guy. He actually punched Gretzky's, yeah. Gretzky's kid yeah. or grandson. Yeah. Yeah. Kid. Yeah. Kid in the face, got kicked out of some prep school, had to go to some public school, ends up at Ole Miss, tatted up like... Stop. Dog. Dude, dog. We would like to be friends. Yeah, I think yeah. he's a dog. I think we Super like- quick release, too, though, on Corral. I like watching him throw the ball. They say he's got. And Lane Kiffin's offense is not easy, so I assume he came into the NFL pretty equipped. But those first six games, Patriots also at the end of that, you know, with that roster, should split it. Yeah, I yeah. absolutely. Should go three and three, uh-huh. right? And if you go three and three with your backup quarterback, uh, while a $230 million quarterback is not able to play, that's a good spot for the Browns. And then now they got games that matter going down the stretch, 11 games going through. I don't think the Browns are really that deeply affected by this, AJ. No, they shouldn't. They shouldn't be too worried. I mean, they should honestly be better than three and three if you look at it. I mean, the first four games, there's definitely quarterback questions. We know. Yeah. Zach Wilson's the only one, only quarterback returning to the lineup, I guess, for his team in those first four. We'll see if his offseason workouts tend to give him success on the field. I don't know. But everywhere else, they're all, they have a new guy basically coming in trying to take the helm. Yeah, but Chargers are going to be tough. Oh, right. that's what I'm saying. The first four. Then then those last two, you're on your own, guys. Oh, yeah. You're thinking Carolina, Jets, Steelers, Falcons. I was strictly just giving Carolina the edge because Baker's going to be yeah. on a 1,000. Emotional down game. But I'm thinking Miles Garrett and that defense, they'll get after well, Miles. And Chubb and Hunt. Why the fuck am yeah. I even worrying about the energy of the Carolina Panthers? Yeah, Amari Cooper's very good, too. And they have Amari Cooper And now. Jacoby can sling it. Yeah, yeah, he can play. And manage a game. Now, everybody says managing a game's bad, but Jacoby can manage a goddamn game. Yeah. you got two running backs, a great offensive line, Amari Cooper and that defense okay i'm baker good luck out there i mean you're gonna play great oh miles garrett's gonna fucking body him. yeah i'm having oh, four no. of those first six games at home too definitely doesn't hurt and the two games that they play on the road are arguably the two worst teams of the six they play to start the season so here we go cleveland Schedule browns makers huh. what yeah how'd that work schedule makers must have known something was coming down the line and wanted to give them an advantage that's weird <laughs> you're speaking is this inside voice or outside voice oh shit <laughs> it sure sounded like you were just uh, talking uh, inside thoughts there through the microphone. But with the million-dollar salary, you know, where he's getting fined yeah. six games. 333000 This first six games being the easiest run of their entire thing. Suspensions don't void the guaranteed money either. It's hard not to be like, this all seems to it's be a little fishy. Smells. They're pretty nice here for the Browns and for Deshaun Watson. Now, we do know the schedule was already made, right? Yeah. Yeah, schedule was already made. Mm-hmm. And why would they want to take care of the Browns? Hey, the Browns, <laughs> the, the, the Browns deserve no, it, don't they? They do. The Browns have been through a lot. Has Cleveland been, has been through a lot. Cleveland huh? has they been. They just changed the name to the Guardians. They're still reeling from that. Oh, yeah, and I saw 
Guardians so, march not moving. No, no it's not. There's still loose trash just rolling <laughs> what's around. So, what's so funny? Bring back Wahoo. <laughs> Is it really? Is merch not moving? I didn't hear that. No. I think I saw Dude, like that. a yeah, uh, like sales chart thing. And it was. Yeah. <laughs> they're good at it. They're just not, they can't it, feel the stadium. Team they, is dead. Nobody wants to put the G on their head, man. Uh-huh. Hey, that's pretty sick G they got, though. It is. It is cool. And those bridges are sweet. They are. With the Guardians, with the Guardians on the bridges. Are, yeah. People love Chief Wahoo. Yeah. That's what it sounds in Cleveland. Yeah. They time. really do. Big time. There's a lot of trash on those bridges, too. Yeah, but all right. Every, every city. <laughs> well, There's a reason for that. Cleveland. We came there at the last day before the street sweeper was to schedule to come, obviously. <laughs> yeah. But Cleveland Browns fans, this run of their life has to be so fucking, you know, I don't want to say miserable. What run, though? What run? How, they how had many a years team, going back? Had a team, had a team, you know, had like relevancy. And then, boom, they sell. They're out of town. They yeah. go to Baltimore. They don't even have a team anymore. Yeah. Oh, and they win the Super Bowl. And they, and they yeah. win the Super Bowl. Dance in your face. But blue-collar town, Cleveland, like, lived and died. Dog Pound was there every single day. Why'd they sell the team originally? Just Art want, Modell, the owner. Just wanted to move? I, it was probably stadium money-related, obviously. But they had to sell out, right? I remember, like, Pittsburgh News would obviously show Cleveland fans. And I assume Cleveland fans would show Pittsburgh news. And the reporters would read teleprompters in each of the cities and say the other city was the most disgusting city to ever exist. Look at these pigs. And then they show them. And it's like, well, I feel like they have a passionate fan base. Why'd they leave? Was it people weren't the showing owner. up to games? It's all Art Modell. I, I remember, what year did they move out? Do we know? 96 90, or something? Yeah. Because. Yeah. Yeah. Ray Lewis was the first draft pick, right, for the Ravens that year whenever he came in. So, like, yeah, 96. 95, 96. Think about that happening now. Just Well, I guess it does happen. But. Well, yeah, Rams just left, and, you yeah. know, they, that's settled, obviously. Yeah, that guy. Yeah. Everybody's okay with it. The yeah. XFL, the Rock's like, ah, we'll, we will continue to put a team in that city. They are very pissed that they don't have a team anymore. But I guess the Rams would be a great – because they continue to show up even when those teams weren't great, right, Rams fans? Yeah, I mean, the Chargers taking off as well. Well, they didn't. Yeah, but they felt like they They're had no fans. stadium, and they weren't really selling out then. Were they still? I don't know. I don't know. Well, they didn't sell out in that temporary stadium that they No, had. they didn't know. That was in the move, though, to L.A. when yeah. they pissed off all their fans yeah. in San Diego. And their San Diego fans said, we're not going out Other there. teams were selling it out. Yeah, it was yeah. away games for yeah. the Specifically chart. Pittsburgh. And the Eagles. The one, yeah, a yeah lot Packers, of too. What was it? It was that MLS stadium they played yeah, in. Yeah, StubHub. Like 40,000 people, right? <laughs> no, it was like 15,000. 20? 20, 20, maybe, 20? yeah. Remember, it was that real small. a good atmosphere if it was jammed, though, wasn't it? It was all the away team's fans. Remember? Yeah. Vacation, yeah. Oh, let's go in some nice weather, guys. Yeah. Oh, we go to L.A. These tickets pretty cheap. Yeah. Look at in. We're on the field. What <laughs> is this different stadium? Yeah, it's a soccer stadium. Oh, okay. 27,000. 27,000, yeah. That was 16 the thing. 16 away games. Because I just automatically assume if a team moves out of a city, it's because they can't make any money there, and they feel like their fans are out, but it's obviously tax things. Tax. If the owner owner wants a new stadium, they won't, uh, they won't green light them on you know putting a new tax in to give you – $800 million in tax money to help with the new state. What's the new city that's going to be teased? San Antonio? Potentially. San Antonio, yeah. Is that the new city that's going to be teased? Because I do recall some places were in the middle of conversations with the state local authorities about getting a tax to publicly fund a new stadium. And I see the upside of having a stadium and a new stadium. You get the Super Bowl, and that's like billions of dollars of business coming to your city. But they always threaten to go to a town, right? And L.A. was that town. L.A. was, for a long time, it was like, we'll go to L.A. right now. You don't think 
the second largest city in America doesn't fucking want a team right now. We'll go there right now. And then, boom, it ends up on the voting thing, and then it gets passed. That, like, happened in a lot of places, I think. What is it now? San Antonio? London? Yeah, definitely San Antonio. Do you think they would ever do a team in, like, Alabama or something, though? Just because that is I mean, a no. I don't think so. college Wasn't football. Austin in there? The Bills were going to go to Austin, or was that not really? a thing? Yeah, that was oh, the yeah. stadium. When they were yep. up for sale. No, I think the Bills were up for sale, weren't they? Uh, I didn't think they were up for sale. I just thought that they weren't going to get the money to redo their stadium. The Ralph in or whatever? New York, yeah. So they were threatening to just say, okay, fuck it. We'll go to Austin. By the way, Austin stadium. feels like a city that would, right? NFL team. San Antonio. With all the people moving there, too? Yeah, yeah. and that's like a, something to do almost because mm-hmm. Austin's the new LA or whatever. San, uh, San Antonio is the seventh largest city in the U.S. It does not have a football team. Yeah. So that would be the. And their fans, there's big sports fans, right? Because the Spurs or yeah. anything yeah. like that. Aren't they doing They could play in that arena, too. Austin's or that stadium indoor deal. Which one? I don't know. I played in the Alamo Bowl there. The Alamo Dome. The Alamo yeah. Dome. Do you remember it? Oh, yeah, I remember. Played Oklahoma State, but I'm, uh, they would <laughs> obviously want a new stadium if you played there. Could Columbus it do it or no because of Ohio State? They could, but I mean, yeah. Three teams be, in Ohio? It's not going to happen. Well, I don't know if they're going to put three teams in Ohio. No offense, Ohio. I mean, Ohio. Why would, how would they're they? Already, Ohio yeah, people are already it. Ohio State fans. Yeah, Ohio State gets it. Ohio, they, they wouldn't be able to pluck. If NFL fans, they're already Cincy and Cleveland fans, I sure. assume. Yeah. They, that would have to be a lot of – if Ohio picked up a third NFL team – that would be amazing. Mm-hmm. That, that would be one of the most impressive acts of Ohio in history. I feel like it would be more likely if the Bears are moving out of Chicago that they put another team in Chicago. Yeah. It'd be warm weather, you think, though? Probably Whatever f- the money is, that's where they'll go. Yeah, you're right. What but if, a four-season, you can't put a Super Bowl. Uh, maybe. If they know. put another team Retractable in Chicago, roof. they still want to yeah, redo the stadium maybe. and do something else. Hold on. What did the yeah. mayor of Dallas came out and said, right? You can give us another team. Another yeah. team in Arlington. Yeah, give us that another guy. team. Yeah. We, haven't, not, we haven't heard from him ever. since then. Yeah. Has the Dallas mayor made a single ruling since saying, hey, we can get another NFL team in Dallas? No. Jerry Jones made him a speed ding, bump ding. in front of a water burger. Whoa, 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 whoa. Can't, can't do everything. I just that cannot happen. What just, those were all said in jest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jesus. Thank God we're doing what we're about to do. Ladies and gentlemen, last week we debuted a new segment that really made us a professional operation. Yeah. It gave us a reason to dive deeper into the football conversation than we had ever dove before. Ladies and gentlemen, it is for the second install time for the second installment of Feel the Beat. Yeah. AJ! AJ, you feeling it? Feeling it. I, I'm feeling it. I think our first guest is good for this, too. He, yeah. he brings a lot of juice. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Not does. only does he bring a lot of juice, and he's uh, also the host of the most powerful ranking show in the history of ranking show. Yep. He is a beat writer and follower of the Los Angeles Chargers because he is the play-by-play guy for the Chargers. So he's on the beat every single day. Oh, yeah. Live from training camp, ladies and gentlemen, Matt Money Smith. Feel the beat. I'm feel, feeling the beat. Yeah. Feeling the beat. Hell we yeah. got special teams going on behind us right now, Pat. Hopefully, I don't show you anything that I'm not supposed to show you, and I get pee pee whacked by my employer. So uh, I may have to get a little closer to make sure that we don't show you anything you're not supposed to see. What's up, AJ? L- listen, uh, AJ's going to bring up the same thing I'm going to bring up. If Telesco walks by and dong taps you, I would be. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that'd be the best feel of the beat of all time. Yeah, by far. Stop money. Stop showing them punt period. What is it? Is it punt period? Field goal period? What is it? Yeah, they just finished field goals. Uh, they're on punts right now. And uh, Pat, I, I I was talking to Tom a little bit earlier, and uh, he had shared with me a letter 
that uh, that you received from him in the front office because you had happened to miss practice on a particular Wednesday. Yeah. And uh, I said, if you can track that letter down, <laughs> yeah. I would love to do a dramatic reading of <laughs> okay. that letter at yeah, some perfect. point when I come back on. Perfect. October 21st, 2010, I believe, is the day you're talking about. <laughs> they wouldn't let me out of the jail cell soon enough to make the practice. I did make it halfway through. I was sent immediately off. Uh, Tom Telesco, absolute legend, dude. Absolute legend. But it feels like they're really building a monster. Now, no playoff appearances yet for Herbert. Second year with Staley. The vibes have to be incredibly high. The AFC West is a nightmare, but this team's ready to fucking go, aren't they, Money? And it, does it feel like that on the grounds over there? Yeah, no doubt, Pat. I mean, it, look, look it, uh, there's juice. There's just juice when you walk out and you see 52 and 97, you know, kind of working on pass rush together with Khalil and Joey. They've hit it off. We were talking to Khalil a couple days ago, uh, Joey the day before, and they both said the same thing. They were like, look, this is great. I mean, uh, Khalil said, look, Joey doesn't hold anything back. We're sharing everything. We're watching film. He's like, yeah, we just sat together for about 45 minutes, watched his little brother. Uh, those guys are professional pass rushers, and that is what they care about most. And they've really been leaning on one another. To see the battles between J.C. Jackson and Mike Williams, just the one-on-ones. Jeez. Look, it's it's the first week of practice, right? Like, that stuff is fun. We did not have that last year. I thought their defensive coordinator, Ronaldo, he'll put it best. He's like, look, we had guys last year that weren't looking over their shoulder. They knew those jobs were theirs. He goes, and fair or not, you know, did that contribute to the performance of the defense last year? Maybe. Did this year we got guys that were starters last year? They may not make the team. Like, oh. they may not make the guys wow. that are making Sorry money, guys it. that are high traffics. Yeah, so look at that. Here we go. Pee-pee whack coming. Be careful. There's some uh, uh, is that, It's <laughs> blurry. We can't see anything. But if they're running any fakes this early in camp, they deserve for everybody to know <laughs> what fakes they're running. Uh, go ahead, AJ. Money, what's it What's it feel like? What's the vibe feel like? I would imagine with all that competition, it seems like it's a pretty intense situation. Are they banging pretty good? I'll tell you what it feels like, AJ. It feels like I need to do more shoulder and tries because I'm holding this phone straight out from my face and my arms starting to shake. That's nice. what it feels like. Nice. You don't have to bring it up. Yeah. <laughs> Take a shake weight. There we go. There we go. I'll do that. Yeah, exactly. yeah. yeah. Um, I'll tell you, especially on defense, AJ, it just it feels different. It feels different for these guys. Um, having Van Noy out there, man, that's been really cool to see. He's been working a lot inside and just listening to him and, and sort of eavesdropping with him and Will Hoyt, the linebackers coach, and what they're talking about and how he's trying to get assimilated as soon as possible. There's just kind of that that sort of juice. Staley, I mean, I don't know. You guys tell me. Uh, I'm a guy that's built like a 16-year-old girl that never played football, so what the hell do I know? But like, it feels like Staley and this staff, they like teaching. Like, they're not it feels like there's a difference between coaching and teaching and just kind of watching them work with the like sixth round pick, uh, Dean Leonard, the corner work with Jasir Taylor, who's been playing a lot of slot. It just feels like they're really invested in a lot of these guys and they know they're going to need depth because look, that's what happened last year. One in three to finish the final quarter of the season. They win that Thursday night game against Kansas city. They're in first place in the division. They sweep the chiefs. They lose that game. Then they lose two of their next three. They miss the playoffs. And I think so much of that was depth, And so much of that was secondary depth. They feel like they got that now. Okay, let's talk about the offense side of the ball. Justin Herbert, everybody knows and thinks is going to be uh, icon in the NFL whenever it's all said and done. Any leaps and bounds for him and anything both on the field and maybe personality-wise as he enters his third year as an NFL starter here? Yeah, the way he described it and, and Joe Lombardi described it was it's, it's instead of 101, it's 202. You know, he is coming in. And I remember when Drew Brees was in camp last year when Joe Lombardi was hired, you know, to be part of Coach Staley's staff. He said, look, imagine, uh, and I think for a lot of us white trash, we think about fine dining. 
and Cheesecake Factory comes to mind. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Right? Oh, oh, yeah. That's right. Yeah, mini corn dough. Put them on a stick. (laughs) Chicken fried chicken. Uh, And he said, this is a giant menu, and the more comfortable you get, the more you can order. And uh, he said in in Herbert's first year, it's going to be a little overwhelming. He's going to find the things that he likes. And, and Coach Lombardi, they're gonna they're gonna kind of accent that and just kind of hammer those things home. Um, now Herbert's like, dude, I'm coming in. I don't have to learn the system. I know it. I'm searching for things that that I now know that I'm more comfortable with. Hey, let's try this now. Let's try that now. It's no more just kind of base level. Let's see if we can figure this out. It's the next step. And I think that goes for receivers too. We were talking to Keenan and Mike Williams and all That's those right. guys, and they just said, yeah, you know, oh, it's it's year two for us as well. Right. That's right. Yeah, hey, that's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's that's right. right. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, so I think for everybody on the team, and even Eckler was talking about that. He's like, "Look, man, I feel so much more comfortable with all the option routes and the checks now. This second year, I feel like there's a lot more that I can do in this offense than I did last year." Game's gonna slow down for Justin Herbert and the boys. I'm excited to see what they can do. That AFC West is a monster, Uh-oh. though. Go ahead, your Connor. Yeah, money. What has uh, Pat White been doing with the offense? Yes. Is he working with Herbert? Or yeah. Is he yeah, my guy. Love him. Yeah, I uh, I asked Tom Telesco about that, Kana and uh, and Pat, and, and Tom said, "Look, I just I needed to get uh, another connection to, to Pat McAfee. Like, That's the easiest way for me to to get the, one of the greatest. I mean, yeah. you want to talk about one of the most fun college teams to ever watch in the history. Rich Rod running the show with you out there punting around and shaking your junk in everybody's yeah, face and freaking Pat and Slayton. Yeah, God, was that great? That was uh, Pat is. <laughs> I should have been what you're supposed to do. It's, <laughs> I should have hindsight. I should have. I mean, those are mistakes that were made. Mistakes were made. Listen, I should have. You know what? But they're mistakes we learn from, Pat, and uh, that's the most important I thing. Do. We all make mistakes. Yes. That letter. Yeah. 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 Missed that. Missed that practice on Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like Rod Ripple, it'll get the best of you. But yeah. Hey, they're kicking off right now. He's up. Anyways. He's, uh, he's he's working with everyone. He is, and it's great to see him out here. A freaking college football legend, just like the man, just like the men that are sandwiched. I am the meat. I am like that budding white trash. Oh, yeah. No, 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 no. Giant slices of football bread right what? now. No, this is one <laughs> big white man. trash sandwich. Yeah, and uh, one particular side of the bun is like a good middle piece of bread, mm-hmm. and then the other is the right. butt end. But, <laughs> yes, uh, Pat, how's Pat look? Is he throwing it all? Is he doing anything? Does he look good? He's just kind of kicking it uh, through these first couple of weeks. He's just been kicking it, and I think observing. He's kind of got that post that is, and you know, it's it's the Bill Walsh sort of. Hey, we're going to bring you in. You're going to be in every meeting. You're going to be around whomever you want, um, and we're just going to kind of help you get on this path to football coaching. So he's kind of been everywhere. Um, and it looks like these first couple of weeks, he's really just kind of been absorbing everything that's around him. He's going to start working out again. There's yeah. going to there's yeah. going to be some shows on those fucking practice fields, I think, for Pat. I'm so happy for him and thankful for Tom. Last question here from Ty. Money, we've seen a bunch of pictures with a shitload of fans uh, at practice. Yeah. Like, is that kind of surprising? I think it was, especially with the Rams winning the Super Bowl last year and them kind of being the more popular team out there. Do you get the sense that the expectation is that the Chargers should win this division this year, despite how good it is? Yeah, Ty, you know what I think it is? It's um, I think it just goes to show you why quarterbacks uh, are so sought after, why you're so desperate to get it right, and why you pay them so much money when you get one. To me, that's totally the Herbert effect. Uh, I think you get out here and you see the second he steps on the field, when he begins, and he approaches, there's no fans here today, but when they are, he always takes time to go out there and give them 10, 15 minutes of signing autographs with the kids. Like, 
I think that's sort of what this is. I think there's expectations. People are excited. It's a fun brand of football when you think about what the <laughs> offense looks like, all the explosive plays. We're going. Um, yeah. <laughs> is that right? We're going for it. People love it. Yeah. And uh, and they have a superstar quarterback. And like just to your first point about what's it, how surprised am I? Uh, very. Because it really happened these last two years. You know, I started seeing people walk around the stadium last year. It'd be like mom and dad. I mean, you guys know what football allegiances are like. So mom and dad are in their Browns jersey, and and baby boy is now wearing a Herbert jersey. Yeah, yeah. Seeing more and more of that. So this year, dude, the first practice it was on a on a Wednesday, and there were I was talking to security when they came to open it up at three forty five. They said there were like thirty people lined up at three forty five a.m. Here we go. Wow. So you know, they had to. Exactly. They have the cap it every day at uh, seventy-five. It's like the commanders. So yeah, it feels. We, it feels a little bit different than the commanders. <laughs> they, they command. Hey, we appreciate you, Matt. Thank you so much for calling. We can't wait to chat with you again, sir. Love you guys. Hey, you too. Tell everybody we said hello, ladies and gentlemen. Matt Money Smith. He's live at Chargers Cam. Now it's the time to continue to. Hey, let's feel the beat, AJ. Let's feel the beat. Hell yeah. From one beat reporter to another, ladies and gentlemen, let's go up to uh, Buffalo, New York. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, Bill's Beat and Sideline reporter, host of the Extra Point Show uh, from 10 to noon on WGR 550. Ladies and gentlemen, Sal Capoccia. Sal, what's going on, Paisan? Hey, what's up, guys? What, what are you, British? Capaccio? It's Capaccio, baby. Let's go. Here yeah. you go, man. All right. Hey, well, Capaccio, it's great to see you, man. You look fantastic. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Buffalo Bills camp. Obviously, Micah Hyde and Poyer both getting injured. Poyer comes out. Uh, hyper-extended elbow. He might miss a couple weeks. He'll be back in time. Are the injuries an issue, or is everything, this is just status quo for normal training camp up there in Buffalo, Sal? A little more than what you want, of course, right? You don't want to see your two all-pro safeties on the shelf at all. But look, Micah Hyde came back to practice, did individual work a little bit. He's going to be fine. We know Jordan Poyer's a tough dude. He's probably going to do something maybe to resemble, you know, I don't know, boxing or MMA when he's done. He's a really tough guy, and, you know, he's going to be back out there at some point. But look, here's the thing about the Bills roster. It is so good and loaded, but yet... All the back-end guys, they don't get a lot of opportunity because guys like Micah and Jordan play so much. So Jaquan Johnson, Damar Hamlin, Josh Thomas, this is opportunity for them, and it really is. People don't know Jaquan Johnson's in his fourth year already in Buffalo because he's behind two All-Pros and he never plays. So these guys will get opportunity. They're going to be okay. Okay. Sal, what's it like up there like managing expectations? A lot of people are picking the Bills to win the Super Bowl. Like, is there a different feel there at camp than it has been before? No, I don't think there's a different feel as far as when you go to camp. Look, Sean McDermott runs... The same kind of ship every day. That's the thing about him. He's Mr. C, Mr. Consistency. You go back to 2017, how he came in. People thought they were tanking, trading Sammy Watkins, Ron Darby. But you know what? They had a program in place. It was consistency every day. You can't tell a difference, guys, between a practice now and a practice then. But the fans certainly know it. You can't get a ticket to training camp. They're free, but it's all sold out every single day. The expectations. Everyone's a superstar on this team. I mean, I covered this team. I grew up watching this team going through the Super Bowl years and the drought. You might get after the Kelly and Thurman era, you might get a guy here, a guy there that's a superstar, a T.O. here and there. But now it's Josh Allen, Stefan Diggs, Von Miller. It's incredible what's happened here. Yeah, it's an absolute loaded roster, but they still feel 
like they have a chip on his shoulder. Was it no pro bowlers on the defense last year? And now they're the Super Bowl favorites. Uh, Let's talk about that prototype quarterback you have in Josh Allen. The patience that Bean and McDermott showed and also the unwavering confidence in him growing and developing as a quarterback has certainly paid off into him being a guy. He's getting into fights. He's getting knocked down. Sal, what the fuck? That's Josh (laughs) Allen, Sal. Is that that just Josh's way of going about things? Are those types of squirmishes normal in uh, McDermott's camp? Or is that just first day of pads we're running goal line and our 6'6", 240, multiple $100 million quarterbacks running ISOs for some reason? Is that just uh, status quo up there? No, listen, we don't want to see Josh Allen doing that. Nobody wants to see Josh Allen doing that, but it's football. Let me give you some context, though. That was the first day of pads. It was about after two hours. It was literally the last play on a hot day in the first day of pads. I'm sure Josh and everybody kind of was, was a little bit riled up. They wanted to get out. They wanted to get out of there a little bit. You know, look, he went through the hole. Jordan Phillips did nothing wrong. He was squeezing the hole down a little bit. Gave him a little bump right around the whistle. Josh didn't like it. And the one guy on offense that can look Jordan Phillips in the eye is Josh Allen. So <laughs> put his hands on him up top. Little skirmish happened. Look, I think this happens in football, but I'm quite sure that Brandon Bean, Sean McDermott basically said, holy shit, what's happening? Our million-dollar quarterback is, you know, a half a million, half a billion-dollar quarterback's getting into some fights here. But look, guys, the next day, they were joking around. That's Josh Allen. He is an alpha male. He is a leader. He has such respect from that locker room. You know, you guys know where he came from and all the questions about him. And what you said, Pat, is right. They've really built a quarterback here in Buffalo. They've surrounded him with the right people. The organization knows how to do that, and we've seen it now on multiple levels, not just a QB, and Josh obviously has been rewarded. No day ball. That going to be a problem? You know, it can be. I think that's the biggest question, actually. Like, what's going to happen? Ken Dorsey, first-time play caller. How will Josh Allen in the offense kind of adjust to that? But here's how smart Sean McDermott is. He surrounded his first, his first time play caller, Ken Dorsey, with Aaron Cromer, who's been an interim head coach and an OC with Joe Brady, who's been an OC and a play caller. They obviously have Rob Boris on staff. He's been an OC. They have Kelly Skipper on staff. They brought in Mike Shula. Ken Dorsey has a plethora of people to lean on whenever a situation comes about. And look, he had Josh Allen's recommendation. Sal! You got two quarterbacks. You got no quarterbacks. Mm. <laughs> you got ten OCs. You got no OCs. Is that is that is that this is all by design, like to help out Dorsey, or is this McDermott being like, hey, by the way, go ahead and fuck around. We got bang, bang, <laughs> bang, bang. Is that clearly defined? Do you think? No, I, I think it's clearly defined. Sean doesn't want to do that. There's no way. I think okay. Sean wants right. a clear lineage of who's had. Look, I'll, I'll go back to Sean's first two years. Sean was very self-aware. He was a young coach. He was a first-time coach, and I think that first year, maybe the second year. He had the oldest and most veteran coaching staff in the league. Juan Castillo was on the staff. I mean, you had guys who have been coaching for 40 years in the NFL on his staff. He did that because he wanted to have guys around him to insulate just in case something were to go wrong, he could lean on. But look, guys, this is Ken Dorsey's offense. But the proof's in the pudding. There's difference between, hey, we're doing it in training camp than when live bullets start in real games, and you got to get in and out of the huddle and make those play calls and make sure you have everything buttoned up. How much has uh, Vaughn Miller been doing so far through camp? He's just a regular player. The Bills have a rotation on the defensive line. They've had that for years. The question isn't going to be in camp, which is a good question, what he's doing, which is everything. The question will be, will he be the exception to the rule? And I think he will. The Bills generally do not have a defensive lineman play more than 65% of snaps throughout a whole season. I mean, last year, I think Jerry Hughes led him with 58 or 59%. That's kind of normal for the Bills. Von Miller you got to get this damn guy in the field, right? I mean, I think the Bills know that. That's why they signed him to the big deal. I know he's 33. He's not there to be necessarily an every-down player, although he'll play, I think, plenty. 
He's there to be the closer. He's there to be in critical situations. He's there to make sure they have him ready to go when it comes crunch time, and maybe they have to get to Patrick Mahomes with 13 seconds left. Tom. Sal, uh, obviously we know Stephon Diggs is the guy there, but Gabe Davis scores four touchdowns against the Chiefs in the AFC uh, in the AFC playoffs last year. Is, can we expect more of that from the, some more of the role players or the second guys down the list? I think you can. I think Gabe Davis is going to fit well into that number two role. Look, I mean, this guy gained 17 pounds in the offseason, went from 210 to 227. He's thick upper body. He's a physical receiver. You see him body up some of these corners. They don't have a chance in training camp. Now, he doesn't have the top end speed, but guys, look at his yards per catch throughout his career. He's always made plays down the field. I think what you're going to see, though, Isaiah McKenzie. This has been the star of camp so far, guys. When he got his shot last year, remember, Here we he go. went off against the New England Patriots. Fast, right? Oh, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Fast, Slot fast. guy. The Patriots, you know, they, they, they didn't even, I don't know if they game plan for him. And Bel- Belichick had his hubris of, whoa, it doesn't matter. We'll stop by Isaiah McKenzie. But basically, he's running down the field. They're like, there he goes. The Patriots secondary He's like, there who goes? They didn't yeah. know. Isaiah yeah. McKenzie was making plays all over the place. Yeah. And he's been doing it again. And Sean McDermott said, potentially a full-time role. I think he's going to do that. I think he's going to have that. And look, if I was a fantasy football player, which I am, I would keep Isaiah McKenzie on my radar for a lot of targets. Good. You good? Are you a good fantasy football player? It sounds like you you love fantasy football, huh, Sal? I love it. I mean, I love playing it. It keeps me up my job. You know, who's doing what? And you know what? If, if I'm... If I'm at the if I'm there at the end, it's great, and I'll kind of get into it a little bit more. But I try to just do my best at it. You know what? My job, I I, I can learn about players, waiver wires, what's going on, and it's okay. Do you ever tell Bean like, hey, I want to let you know, <laughs> my team, I drafted better than your yeah, team. Pretty Think good. About you it. ever give him ideas or anything like? How's your I relationship? Haven't. Oh, listen. First of all, re- relationships great. Brandon is a terrific guy. I know he's been on your show. He's great. Um, he's great on he's, our show, man. by the way. He's fucking. He's great for Buffalo. He's also the great damn golfer we were in a oh, golf yeah. tournament like a media yeah, event right. that's all Bean does him. is fucking golf you yeah. draft you draft you draft uh josh allen you can just go fucking golf uh, right. hey we made the decision we need to make yeah. every time we call bean he's got a polo on mm-hmm. just he got does. a little bit of sun yep he's great he's unbelievable yeah. that son I mean, of a bitch probably, better be scratch yeah. is he scratch is that guy a scratch golfer He's pretty close to it. He's probably out at Oak Hill today. I mean, after the walkthrough. <laughs> he gets enough advice from his kid on fantasy football from what he tells us. He doesn't need Sal Capaccio telling him what to do. Uh, last question here, Sal. We appreciate you. Go ahead, Ty Schmidt. Sal, you mentioned covering the team for such a long time now. And Josh Allen, when he first came in, you know, it was kind of like, the, oh, he has all the physical tools. But, like, have, has it been very noticeable year over year? And then finally you get into this year and it's like, oh, okay, this guy is, is pretty much bulletproof. Like, how much different does he feel almost this year than maybe he did last year or the year before. Yeah, I think this year the difference is when Josh makes a mistake in camp, you're like, okay, who cares? It's Josh Allen. We know what he's going to do. Over the last several years, maybe not as much last year, but oh my God, interception, Mr. Inaccurate QB. What does that mean? You know, do you have to worry about this guy? Look, we know who Josh Allen is. He's not only an elite quarterback, he is a superstar off the field. Um, He's already put himself in the upper echelon of of quarterbacks. And if anybody at this point doesn't believe that, then basically they're just trying to prove them themselves right when they were wrong. They're just being stubborn or ignorant and don't know anything about football. Hey, a lot of people are stubborn and ignorant and know next to nothing about football. But we're (laughs) happy that you are not one of those people. Thank you so much for joining us, Paisan. Anytime, guys. It was an honor to be on your show, and I hope we can do it again. Hey, by the way, great work digital. Like you put a tweet out. Um, about coming on the show. The action on it was very real, Sal. You're beloved by Bill's Mafia, man. That's not easy to do. Well, listen, I got to tell you something. That, that's two things, all right? Number one, I grew up here. Like, I know what these people have been through. I'm one of them. I'm a Buffalonian. I was, 
I, I went through the drought. I was taking a Greyhound bus from Syracuse University as a Port College student during the Super Bowl years back to the stadium as a season ticket holder. But number two, Pat, I'm just not an asshole. You don't have to be an asshole, right? Just be nice to people. That's what I am. Well, we appreciate you being nice to our show. You're incredible, yeah. ladies and gentlemen. Sal, good boy. Thank you, Paisan. Uh, <laughs> I'll tell you what, Sal was fucking great. Yeah. That sign over his shoulder that just has a buffalo. It just says <laughs> Sal underneath. It was awesome. Yeah. How about him in a power stance? Yeah. Yeah. Time? Energy was up. Any question that came, he was ready and ready. Thank you, Sal, so much for being a part of, you know, the second installment that is only getting better as the time goes on. Let's continue to feel the beat. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, you feeling it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Bopping around the league. Yeah, we are just bopping around the league. <laughs> hey, let's feel the beat it around the league. Let's bop from team to team. Ladies and gentlemen, joining us from the Packers on the beat, writer for The Athletic. Ladies and gentlemen, Mash Nine Man. Yeah. What's up, dude? What's up? Thanks for having me. Hey, is this your first time on this show? Actually, I was going to bring that up. It's my second, okay. but you had me on after a Thursday night game in 2019. Okay. I was listening to the show right before I came on, and you said, why are we having a beat writer on? Well, so yeah. that humbled me a little bit. Sounds I, about right. Yeah. <laughs> but to be clear, Schneidman, people in the office say, we created this entire segment just to have you on. Uh-huh. That's what no. we did, just to, so we can make a reason, because we remembered in 2019, mm-hmm. yep. we love the conversation. And you heard how my brain operates. Why would we ever have a beat writer on? <laughs> so we had to create a segment uh-huh. of beat writers just to get you back on. We appreciate you joining us. You went to Syracuse? Is that a Syracuse S, or what is that? I did, yeah. I was. Go- I would have worn something different, but we had a, a Brian Gutekunst press conference real early this morning. It was raining, so I put this on. So I apologize. You had to have two Syracuse guys on in a row, but what are we going to do? Well, unlike, was Sal the Syracuse guy or Matt Money Smith? Sal. Yeah, so unlike, well, he told us there at the end I was at Syracuse. Mm-hmm. I took the bus over. He didn't just shove it in yeah. our face. No, he didn't. <laughs> so no. That's normally what Syracuse people do. Oh, yeah, yeah of course. Because Syracuse Broadcasting oh, School. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. here we go. Uh, Harvard, you know, Harvard everybody Broadcasting. Is there, they, and you're going, it's like uh-huh. vegans, right? Crossfitters. Sure. Yeah. yeah. People that go to Syracuse for Broadcasting yep, School. Right there. You're going fucking no. Hope you like oranges. That's why Sal's got 139,000 followers. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah, that's the whole thing. He's a Syracuse guy. Schneidman, I want to let you know, it makes sense you went to Syracuse because Syracuse has a great broadcasting journalism school. And you do fantastic work, sir. We actually follow along oh, yeah. week to week with everything you do, and we appreciate you. Thank you for joining us yet again. Syracuse Orange grad, Matt Schneidman, wow. writer for The Athletic, uh, follows the pack. Obviously, brand new set of weapons, right? I mean, Lazard's there. Uh, Tunyon's still there. They're still familiar names, but without the number one in Devontae, everybody's wondering what Aaron's going to do, how Aaron's going to feel. It looks like from the videos, Aaron's very comfortable, very confident, and excited to work with new guys. Is that what it's like, boots on the ground, and how has camp been for the offensive side of the ball? Definitely. I mean, he won't say this publicly. In fact, he refuted it publicly, but AJ... And Pat, you all know him probably better than I do, definitely better than I do. I think he, he sees this year as a challenge. Part of him wants to prove that he's the bad man Aaron Rodgers. He can get the most out of these guys without Devontae Adams. And think about this. Devontae Adams has missed seven games since Matt LaFleur became head coach in 2019. The Packers are 7-0 and in those games. And Aaron Rodgers has averaged about 293 passing yards, a little less than three touchdowns per game in those games with only one interception in all seven games. So, listen, he's the guy that can make it work. You remember when they went to undefeated Arizona on a Thursday night last year 
without Lazard, MVS, and Devontae, and they won 24-21. It's a defense. It's a running game. It's a formula that's knocked them out of the playoffs two out of the last three years with the 49ers with a pedestrian passing game. Why can't it work here in Green Bay? Matt, why is uh, the head coach Matt LaFleur physically assaulting Jugs machines up there? What happened? (laughs) That's honestly the most angry I've seen him get since they had 10 guys on the field to defend Robbie Gould's game-winning field goal in the playoffs. He, he was legitimately angry. And a couple, a couple of us watching practice were like, this has to be on purpose. You know, Rich Bisacci is a crazy guy. He's probably doing some different things, making the punt returners come up and catch it. No, he said that judge, judge machine sucked. I will pay any price for a new one. He was really angry. So, well, you guys got half-ass shit up yeah, there. What the going on? What's going on? I see there's a judge. <laughs> What's that, AJ? I didn't see this video that you're referring to. LaFleur was absolutely flustered, actually upset about what was going on there. No, Matt knows. Yeah, whatever. It wouldn't turn over, right? They couldn't get the jugs machine to turn over, so it was messing up their whole punt situation. Oh, uh, so the they were trying to do a punt return drill, and the punt return drill, by the way, is set off the timing of the punt and the ball being caught, and it couldn't get on the field because of how windy it was. Probably not able to blow, uh, turn the ball over and control it. No, it had nothing to do with the wind. The jugs machine was just that fucked up. Oh, can't, can't have it. it. Can't have can't it. Can't have it. What are we doing? We don't got number one wide receiver. We don't oh, got jocks no. machines. Don't Here's love that. Shit. We're making 200 million off the field every single year just from people buying tickets and stuff. Figure it out. Figure it out. Yeah, yeah, shit, you know? Did Gunther Kunz talk about this this morning in his early morning presser? Like, yeah, we, we got to figure some stuff out <laughs> when it comes equipment-wise. Or what did Goody talk about this morning? Just standard roster update. What is really the conversation happening in Green Bay right now? Yeah, I think the biggest storyline, which he talked about when he talked to us a week ago, is David Bakhtiari's left knee. This is a guy who made an all-pro team every single year from 2016 to 2020, and then tore his ACL in a freak accident in practice, as you guys know, on New Year's Eve 2020, preparing for a game against the Bears to lock up the one seed. It's over 19 months since that day, and he's still not practicing. He told us last week, it's not even the ACL anymore. It's like collateral damage from that. The ACL's been healed for over a year. They're not going to put a timetable on his return. But right now, they're trotting out Yash Nyman, who did well for them at left tackle last year. And then Zach Tom, a rookie fourth-round pick from Wake Forest at right tackle. Because Elton Jenkins and Bakhtiari, which was the starting left side of the Pro Bowl NFC line in 2020, oh, jogs machines. <laughs> are both rehab major knee injuries. So if you've got a 38-year-old quarterback who can still scoot around a little bit, but a not as bit. much as maybe yeah. he used to, you got to keep him upright. And you need your two best offensive linemen back. That's the biggest story here this camp. Put it on the ticker. Matt Steinman thinks Aaron Rodgers can't run anymore, too. Uh, uh, hey, sorry about it, Matt. Good luck. Good luck. You're going to do great at practice. I'm sure Aaron won't see it. Go ahead, Ty. Matt, for maybe the first time in my lifetime, uh, the people are talking kind of more about the defense. I mean, we all know what Rodgers can do, and we kind of expect the offense to figure it out. Maybe not right away, but by the end of the season, they'll be you know a well-oiled machine. But how does the defense look so far? And you know, are people right to be kind of more excited maybe about the prospects of the defense this year than in years past absolutely i mean rogers started off camp basically by said it well he said it on with you guys i shouldn't even say to start camp uh he said it with you guys the offense might struggle a little bit because we are a defensive team and that's really been the case i know on day one he said 1-0 to the offense and, and said the defense are a bunch of chumps but pretty much every day since then it's been defense you, there's really no weaknesses going from Jair Alexander who you could make a case is a top three corner in the league highest paid at his position in NFL history he's back healthy Mountaineer Rasul Douglas Eric Stokes Dog. 
good safety combo. Russell Douglas. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sorry about First all-pro inside linebacker in Devondre Campbell. Then you have Kenny Clark, Rashawn Gary, Preston Smith on the D-line. This could be a defensive team for, I don't know, Ty. Is it first time in Aaron Rodgers' career? I know the 2010 defense was really good, but obviously <laughs> always on that. Dunking on AJ. Dunking on AJ. Dunking on AJ. He can scoot a little bit. You're the best, Steinman. Uh, we're talking to Matt Steinman, working for The Athletic, covering the pack. Also host of the Head of the Pack podcast. Oh, oh yeah. That's right. Head of the Pack. Is, is, uh, are you the only host or is there co-host? No, Bill Huber, who covers the team for Sports Illustrated up here, is my co-host. We like Heads. Our coverage is at the... <laughs> oh, your coverage is Head of the Pack. Got it. Love okay. That. So it's not you. It's your coverage. Correct. Yes. That's on us. We're in the middle oh. of feel the beat right now. We're yeah. feeling it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, Connor, last question here from Matt Schneiman, Syracuse grad. Yeah, Matt, you mentioned the defense and obviously the rookie right tackle on offense. Is there a sense around the building that they are going to lean on some rookies, whether it be wide receiver? Uh, I believe they have a rookie D lineman, Wyatt, and mm-hmm. uh, one other one who plays middle linebacker. Wow. Yeah, are they going to lean on those guys this season, or is it prim- primarily going to be the uh, vets from the last few years? I mean, you'll see your heavy dose of the Randall Cobbs, Alan Lazards, but the player of camp so far on the offensive side of the ball has been Romeo Dobbs. Who's dog. The four, he's an absolute dog. Yeah. There it is. Fourth receiver from the – had that. Had over 2,100 receiving yards and 20 touchdown catches the last two years. We were just talking to Rodgers in the locker room a couple minutes ago, and he said what he's doing in camp is very rare for a rookie. And you guys know Aaron Rodgers does, doesn't just throw around praise like that willy-nilly. Like if he see, he'll tell it how it is. Romeo Dobbs is making a push to get some serious reps beginning of the season. So we'll see. I I think him, Zach Tom, the rookie offensive tackle, and Quay Walker, who's the middle linebacker from Georgia they drafted with a 22nd pick. He's been running with the ones all camp. Rookies don't really contribute that much around here normally, especially at receiver. I think this year could be different. Well, Matt Schneiman, we appreciate your contribution to our show and feel the beat. That's Matt Schneiman from The Athletic. Thank you, Matt. Us now is a man that we say yup to all the time. Hell yeah. Every morning we turn on the show that he is an Emmy Award winner uh, for performing on very early every single day. Oh, uh-huh. yeah. This man brings the juice. He won from a producer in the jungle That's right. to maybe one of the biggest stars in all of media. Uh-huh. He's yoked, he's attractive, he's handsome, he has energy, and he's debuting a new show alongside the Omaha Productions, which is Peyton Manning's production company called. Kyle Brandt's basement. Ladies and gentlemen, Kyle Brandt. Are you in your basement right now? Let's do it. Let's do it, Pat. Yeah. Traps. Yeah. Some lats. Yeah. I got my tank and my chain. Yeah. All in, baby. Feels like that's a beater. That looks like a beater, not a tank top. Or is that a tank top? Uh, I think it's a tank top. Full disclosure, Pat. This came from my wife's closet. I don't own it. <laughs> and you think that's good? So, uh, like 20 minutes ago, I'm like, oh, I want to dress up like Pat. Honey, do you have any black tank tops? Here's this one. And the best part is, yeah. I'm like, do you have like a gold necklace? Yeah. I had to get this from my six-year-old daughter's jewelry box in the nice. playroom. So I have multiple members of the Brandt family. I wish I had a stogie for AJ, but we don't do that here. But I feel great. Yeah, I tell you what, if you start lighting up in your basement there, that would be an aggressive decision. <laughs> you look good, Kyle. You look Thanks, very buddy. good. You could pull this off every day. I think I said this to you last year. We saw you almost... 
I don't want to say transformed, but you've become recently yoked guy, right? Like super yep. into fitness. Oh, yeah. is, is this just new lifestyle? And what is it? What are you dieting, working mm-hmm. out every day? What? How do you do it? I, I finally bit the bull and I hired a trainer. It works, man. It, it turns out if you pay oh. someone 150 bucks for 40 minutes, it actually works. And they make you do the stuff, Pat. They do the stuff. They make you do stuff that you hate. Like all of us, even ex-athletes, are like, I know how to work out. I know how to get a lift. I don't need to pay. But then when you go in there and they get you those kettlebells and they do something called like Turkish get-ups oh, and you're yeah. lunging and you're doing – yeah, you've done those things? Yeah, like, yeah, they're terrible. They are. My own – but when the big guy who's like 240 with the barrel chest is like, get down and do them, you do them, and that's what you pay for. So it works. Turn out hard work actually works. You look good. Go ahead, Thanks, AJ. Buddy. You too. Kyle, you've always been jacked in my eyes. I feel like Thanks, I, going back to your running back days, uh, when you're running the ball, like, do you think if you were playing football now in today's NFL, you get kicked out of every game? I know you have a big, hard head. You were running that thing right through the defenders all the time. Like, Was that your style of play? AJ, you're all over it. Um, I remember back in the day, remember when – when Trent Richardson came out of Alabama, okay, and he goes to Cleveland, and they're like, this guy's going to be Jim Brown. This is like the nastiest running back we've ever seen. And there's a play from his rookie year where a safety came up, and Big T. Rich, he just lowered the head, full crown, and we're not allowed to talk about it or play anything, but he, Earl Campbell, this guy. It was unbelievable. That was me in the Chicago suburbs in 1995, slower and shorter, over and over and over. My like my main move, like this hat. Look at look at the size of this cranium. Yeah. I wear a seven and seven eighths hat, and I'm five foot eleven. So my head was my biggest weapon. I was crowning everybody, and maybe that's some of my behavior these days. I hope not, but like AJ, that's that's my only move. I wasn't juking anybody. I was like a entry level four or five guy at my fastest. So like the crown, like don't come for the crown. You might miss. Like Wait, that was that was the thing. Didn't you go to Princeton though? You got very. Yeah. You you have one of those thick skulls. You think zero documented concussions? No, definitely not. I didn't say anything about that. I, there's just probably some damage down there. <laughs> <laughs> listen, hey, listen, Pat. Until you get blindsided from some guy from Yale, like you have not taken a hit. That's yeah. Like, and those those dudes at Brown go hard because they yeah. get getting into Harvard. They they come for it. Uh, okay, let's chit chat about all your successes. <laughs> even though it seems like you are a rock for brains, you're not at all. You're incredibly intelligent, very talented, and you always entertain like at the ass crack of dawn on the <laughs> NFL Network. So I was very excited to hear about a new show. Remember. We were some of the biggest supporters of that Friday. Um, what was that show? The NFL Network said, hey, Kyle, we want to give you a show, but we know it's going to fail. We're going to put it on a Friday at 5 o'clock. <laughs> you had no shot. You had no fucking right. chance in that show. What was it called? So imagine. I'll tell you what it's called. It's called Pat basically killed it before it started. No! <laughs> right. no! Imagine you're just some kid, and you used to be a radio producer, and you used to be on the fucking real world, and you used to be on Days of Our Lives, and the NFL – the, the really premier bad. league in this country gives you your own program. I don't care if it's on a 2 in the morning on a Tuesday. I come on Pat's show at the time, and I'm selling it Friday night, 6 o'clock. It's happy hour. Have a beer. Watch the show. I think it actually could be a really cool uh, time slot. I think it's a good thing. And Pat's like, not. Nah, That's never going to work. And guess what, Pat? That show was on for like 20 minutes. And it's like, no one watched football on Friday at 6.30. You think the, the NFL is unbeatable? 
It was beat. It, it got beat. <laughs> Put him back. Kyle, I only said that to you because of how big of fans we were yeah, of yours. Like know, how, right. how big of a fan I am of yours. And I was excited to hear you got your own show. Thought it was a long time coming. And then whenever we heard the details, we're like, oh, of course. Come on. Of course they won't give up a good one. But now it feels like alongside Omaha Productions here with Peyton Manning and team that have been behind a lot of great ideas, great concepts, and I think they go all in. Kyle Brandt's basement. How did we get to this point? What's it going to be? And when does it debut? Congratulations. We can't wait to watch and listen. And thank you to the boys, and thank you to AJ. Uh, How we got to this point, the quick origin story was I did the thing last year with the Manning cast, with Peyton and Eli, who I, I know you guys know both of them, and I got to the point where I screen tested with Peyton and Eli for what would become the Manning cast. And when I say screen tested, this is a year ago. So we're in a Zoom, and I'm in there. You know, Eli's eager beaver. He's like the first one there. And there's like 27 ESPN executives all there, and I'm there. And then Peyton comes in, and it's like you feel hail to the chief in your head. And we watched the game, the three of us. I mean, this is like, dude, this was like some sort of bizarre acid trip. We watched the 2020 Browns-Ravens game, which tape of it, basically. Me, Eli, and Peyton. And just kind of talked ball, and I tried to, like, get out of their way and tried to make a joke or tried to tee them up. And I thought it went well. Like, I cracked them up and everything. We get all, we get done with the thing, and one of the executives calls me, and he goes, what would you think? And I'm like, Peyton is so good. He's so good. Because we hadn't really seen him much in the media at the time. And Eli's so perfect. I'm like, I, this is a dream job. This is a hugely prestigious job. And I have to tell you, I, I, you shouldn't hire anybody. There should be no host. Whoa. Nobody. It should just be the two of them. And honestly, Pat, like, I think in that moment that earned me some credibility because if I could have just said, no, I think we fit in well, I wasn't a fit. And I think they saw that and they're like, oh, that's kind of a cool answer. And then that, was, that led to this, which is Kyle Brand's basement. I'm in my basement right now. I'm right here, Pat. I'm, that like over there is my garage with like filthy soccer balls, and over there is my bar. Which way? So I feel like right, I'm right, right in between. Right? Is it that way? Right? <laughs> is my bar that way? Hey, let me show you if you should try yeah. to look over there. Yeah, yeah, let's give a little look. See, that ain't a horse um, there. Pat, let me comment on the outfit because this has to do with you and AJ. You'll love this. Part of the reason I'm wearing this outfit is because I feel like, in a way, Pat, you're the executive producer of this new show. Let me tell you, it's not a bone that I have to pick with you, but oh my God, I'm so goddamn exasperated with you. Every meeting that I take in my career to try to further my career, to try to put food on my family's table, everyone, they're like, yeah, Kyle, so we're thinking maybe we could do like a Pat McAfee type thing. Hey, Kyle, you can do a Pat McAfee thing. Maybe Pat McAfee. And then I'll flip it and I'll come in with an idea and I'll say... You know, I got this kind of energy, and I can be anecdotal, and I can talk to the people and kind of be relatable, and they'll go, okay. So kind of like a Pat McAfee thing. I'm like, <laughs> enough with the Pat. I love Pat. Kyle, Kyle, Pat, if it means anything, Kyle, if it means anything, I, I take that as a massive compliment that I'm even in the same conversation as you, and I would assume for a lot of these roles, hey, we need a jacked-up, excitable football white guy, you know, I assume all those roles are going to you that they are not offering to me. So I would like to let you know that I am appreciative of you representing our spirit in these Thanks, positions buddy. that would never get these types of jobs before though, Kyle. Oh, yeah. you know Thank that. you, buddy. Yeah. It's not a lot of us. It's And you look, you played in the league, but it's like, it's you and me, and then it's Scott Hansen on Red Zone, who they're that type of energy wow. of the white boys. There's not Sorry, many. But I got a listen. I got a text this morning from Peyton. It was my first ever text from Peyton, which was a thrill. You know, I don't know him. I didn't play with him, but I got a text from Peyton saying you're going to do great and you're going to kill this. Tell me what you think of my response because I got a little nervous and I was at a stoplight. <laughs> how Here's quick? My- how quick did you respond? How quick did you respond? First of all, 
All right, so I was driving, and I was driving through heavy traffic. So I'm like, I got to show Peyton that I mean business. And then I want to respond right away because that's the kind oh, of teammate he wants. Oh, so I pulled over, and I pulled over and did it safely. Here's, here you go. I said, Peyton, thrilled to hear from you. Proud to be part of this. Listen, man, I'm going to be your edgerin. Big plays, workhorse, and a little bit wild. Was that good? Yeah, I mean, Edrin would probably be like, well, that's actually pretty cerebral. <laughs> but, <laughs> Quite calculated. But, yeah, I, think- uh, I got the response. Yeah. There was not a text response, but he did the thing where, like, Peyton loved your text with the heart. Oh, okay. I liked it, baby. Yeah, love. yeah, so, love's good. Love's good. And then you're just not going to talk ever again? Or are you going to send him one tonight? Like, hey, man, talks about your text today. Seemed to go over well. Tell him good night tonight. <laughs> I, I, you know what? I got his number now, so I could get JJ. I could start doing gifts. I could start sending him oh, a lot of contact lists. You know, like, games. hey, if you're having trouble sleeping tonight, here's this spoken word McConaughey thing. It works for me. Like, oh, oh, hey, maybe you guys are besties. I got you. Whatever you need. Please I work for the company now. Hey, um, I think Kyle, AJ, real quick, can yeah, I ask a question, though, Pat? I know Pat yeah. told me. So first, can you explain exactly what you're going to be doing on this show in your basement? And also, are you in the process of of tracking uh, Shefty down because Pat tells me he scooped your your whole announcement. That was awesome. <laughs> the Shefty thing is fascinating. So thank thank goodness for Adam Schefter. He tweeted the show yesterday. I, I might have mistimed it a little bit in which I said, oh, hey, guys, I'm going to announce something really cool tomorrow. And like 26 seconds later, Adam Schefter said, Kyle Bryant has a new show. And yes. it, it looked like I got scooped. It was literally, it, it was like 20 minutes later. The picture is fucking Holy phenomenal. Shit. I think we picked that photo, right? Yeah, yeah you guys the Creative Liberty. That was not the picture that Chef <laughs> Those been, are in no. my private files. <laughs> you look good. Um, but no, the show is, uh, look, it's it's similar. I'm, I'm not messing with you. It's it's similar to what you guys do. I, I'm in this crazy set. Look at this. I got I got the warrior here. Hell yeah. I, I got all my guys. That's my Brawler. favorite nice. of all time. Over here, I got I got a uh, I got MJ. I got what? Vince Carter's up there. I got mm. Dominique. Wow. There's dartboards. There's basketball hoops. I'm gonna work out while I talk. I'm gonna tell you what I love, <laughs> what I hate, what's hilarious. It's gonna be like a really constructive, organized shit show, and we're gonna hang and maybe smoke cigars and hammer beers. It's gonna be awesome. I, bas- I think I saw. Um, are you gonna have people in your basement, or is it gonna be uh, via Zoom or or call? They'll come to the basement. And Pat, like, I, I don't know if this is gonna drive you crazy, but um, another thing I followed in your footsteps for every Tuesday, uh, I have the same guests as you do, well, and. It is a very, 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 very big NFL player who is committed to come every Tuesday oh. and um, unbelievably excited. I'm kind of not supposed to say it. Do you, do you want, can you guess? Is it Antonio Aaron? Brown? Zach oh. Wilson. <laughs> I wish it was Antonio Brown every Tuesday. Hold on, wait. Because your tweet it. said most talented player. Is it Patrick Mahomes? It's not Patrick Mahomes, but you're, you're on the right track. Every Tuesday. Josh Allen. Bills. It might be Josh Allen. It might oh. not. I don't know. That's good for all of us. That's good for us, too, that you're doing that, by the way. So we are very thankful for that. Thanks, bud. No problem. Um, listen, you know how many segments we have filled on Good Morning Football with, with Roger segments on this? We just do it basically every single week. It's been amazing. So thank you, because sometimes there's not squat to talk about. Well, believe me, yeah, we just, there's been a lot to not talk about yeah. <laughs> over the last couple. Are you guys live? Or are you pre-record? When are you going? We'll do We'll do some live, some pre-record. Tell me what you think of this, Pat. you got a keen eye for the media. AJ, you too. Um, I'm going to do, I was going to do a show Monday through Friday for the next month. And then when the games start, I'm going to do a show Sunday night, right when the second window of games ends. So if you're not into football night in America with all their bugles and pretentiousness, come right in here. 
talk about whatever you want. We'll recap the games the second day. I mean, come on, Pat. That, it's a really well-produced show, but it's a little pretentious. I feel like we're going to go over Welcome to Football Latin America. We start tonight in Ukraine. Like, I feel like I'm watching Tom Brady. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot. Right, uh, a lot of sports. Like, we, it's, a, it's fine, but, like, it's a lot. We, I get it. Are you, where are you going to be live at? YouTube? Yeah, it should be on all the ESPN digital platforms, ESPN YouTube, and then you can also just get it as a podcast, audio only, like wherever you get your podcast, as they say. That sounds like a good idea. I, I think the um, when we did the Barstool Tailgate show, we were trying to compete with like a tail, like a kickoff show. Yeah, people's habits. You know what I mean? Like you just you're gonna have to just stick with it because people develop their own habits. Like going to Football Night in America is literally everybody's move, mm -hmm. right? Like everybody just goes directly to Football Night in America. So what I'm saying is I think you got a brilliant idea on Sunday. I, I enjoy Ooh. that. I think we'll watch it. Oh, yeah. Stick with it, though. I think everything's consistency, right? You know that. I think everybody knows that. Yeah. Go ahead, AJ. You're going to say something there about Sunday night? No, not about Sunday night. I think whatever you're going to be doing, Kyle, I, I'm just curious. Is there a set end time or is it just a straight, we get to see Kyle Brandt until you want to go to bed? Oh, no, it'll be, you know, it'll be on Sunday nights, man. It's just. When the games are over and you sat there for six hours and you ate too much or drank too much, and like, I don't know for you guys, like, I don't go on till Monday morning usually, and I have that thing where I'm like, I can't wait 10 hours. I have to talk about what I just saw from Kyler Murray or from DK Metcalf or whatever. And so you do it immediately. And then it's this I could go for three hours if I want, I could go for 40 minutes. But we're going nice. to, the second the game ends, let's talk, let's talk shit. Let's say who dropped the ball. Let's say who needs a whiskey. Let's say who won the day. Like, just immediately crown people. I don't want to wait till Monday morning. Hey, this is a big fucking deal, Kyle. This I, isn't I, just – I thought this was going to be just a couple couple episodes. Yeah. Monday through Friday and on Sundays in the fall is a lot of work. With it's Good fun. Morning Football, I mean, like, I know you run hot. You're an energy guy. I, I can't wait to see more of you. But this is a fucking – you're going to be doing a lot here, Kyle. Let's go. Thanks. I appreciate you. And listen, people ask. They're like, I saw the announcement in the Schefter tweet. They're like – Oh my God, you're leaving Good Morning Football. I'm not leaving anything. I'm doing Good Morning Football in the morning and then the afternoon. And like, you know, Pat, like when the opportunities come in, you, you can't sit here and say, I don't know, that's too much work. Like the hell with that. You take them. You say yes. Like this is the time to say yes. I'm in my, my prime, I think. Hey, I hate to so, cut you off. Would you ever go back on, uh, I know your, your real world background. Would yeah. you go on the challenge and take on CT? That'd be Ooh. nice. CT would spit me out, man. Right AJ, now? Because you're soft or ever? Always. Maybe always. It's, I'm strong now. Like, I, I honestly think that I'm stronger than I was when I was a college football player, but it's the knees and it's the hips. And here's the thing. Anytime I get the itch, because I get it, AJ, sometimes, like, you see those promos and they'll be like, this season. on. Yeah. <laughs> if I ever get the itch to, like, oh, maybe I can go down there and whip some ass and, you know, like, win a Saturn or something, like, whatever they do now. Like, and then I see the promos. And I watch these promos and it's like, People on black light cameras, triple kissing and sucker punching each other. I'm like, I'm out. I got two kids. I'm sitting around drinking a martini with a little bit of a gut. I'm not going to go on those things and get backpacked. I'm not going to go out there. No <laughs> so I'm out. Hey, could you imagine Emmy Award winning Good Morning Football host yeah. plus Daily Show host Kyle uh -huh. Brandt's basement gets buckled by... Poopies. Yeah. <laughs> in the Biggest season ever. <laughs> That's going to be tough to come back from. Um, Can't do it. Yeah. How many people are going to be on daily with you? You, your producer staff, ESPN's producing this or Omaha's producing this and sending Omaha. it to Omaha. It's Omaha, man. It's Omaha. And it's like, look, it's, it's going to be mostly me. It's, it's kind of a short show. It's only like 45 minutes, hour at the most. So, look, there's been so many shows, and obviously you guys have done it, that have perfected 
the guys, no. the crew. It's guys hanging out. We have, not, like we have not perfected fuck. Okay? Uh, well, you listen, know, yeah. I was watching one time when one of the boys went to the bathroom and you timed him to see if he was number one or number two. And I'm like, that's perfection. Like, that's the okay. <laughs> it was a was shit, by the way. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was you, Tom. Yeah, I, I assume so. Yeah. Diabolical. That was tough. So I don't, I'm not going to have, you know, the Kyleettes or any of that stuff. It's mostly just me letting it rip. And I got toys to play with, man. I got all kinds of stuff around here. So it'll be quick. It's just, I think it's just going to be me, which is going to be hard. But as you know, like, I, for some reason, I got the crazy energy. I can keep talking. Go ahead, Connor. Yeah, uh, Kyle, up, with Connor? with the addition of McCordy and Jamie, is that kind of what gave you the uh, push to kind of go do more because of the fact that, you know, they're so good on there already? And have you and uh, Shrags kind of felt like you had to pick up the slack or kind of teach them something yeah. while you were on there? Uh, it's a great question. I appreciate it. The, this this long predates them adding to, getting added to the show because listen we do crazy stuff on Good Morning Football in the casting sense like I didn't even meet Jamie Erdahl until she was cast so there was no chemistry wow. test there was no like oh let's see how it works Jason McCourty I barely knew so they brought in like hit the ground running professionals like they go and you know this Pat like Jason's got these great stories like AJ you come with like these great Packers stories and you've got, Jason's got the Brady stories. Jason's got the I was on the 0-16 Brown story. Oh. Like, listen, we're talking today about this Miami Dolphins thing with the tampering. And we're talking a commercial break. And Schrager turns into Mike Wallace. And he's just like, so, you know, Jason, you were on that 2019 uh, Patriots scene that Brady was on. Like, how Did does it make you feel that? that it looks like he was looking at other teams? And, you know, he was trying to leap. And then he got his ass kicked in the playoff game and played terrible and cost you a playoff bonus. How does that make you feel? And um, Jason had a take. I'm not going to reveal it because he didn't tell me to. But my point is, he's got all that stuff. And he's awesome with it. Second he got there. Was his take? Yeah, a player is about to own a fucking team. I'm all in. <laughs> hey, he pointed out the merits of ownership at one point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I would assume. Hey, Shrek, stop being a mark, dude. All right? Uh, a teammate of mine was going to be an owner of a goddamn team. Go ahead, Ty Schmidt. Kyle, as a massive fan, I don't know if there's any way we can maybe make sure this happens. But is... Is it possible that maybe for one of the episodes in the basement we can get Romy back in there and kind of recreate some of that jungle magic? I mean, the, us guys who have been listening for a long time crave it. We love it. And what kind of uh, relationship do you still have with Rome, if any? Uh, it's an awesome question. I would love to have Rome down here, especially since you're a clone from back in the day. Hell yeah. You know that literally his phrase was, I'm going down to the basement, like when he was on vacation. So he would come down to my basement. Um, listen, I, I had my departure with Jim six years ago, I think, when I left to do Good Morning Football, and it was the most beautiful thing ever. We had this like poetic final beer and hugged it out, and then when he got to the Hall of Fame, he brought me and shouted me out in his speech. We don't talk a ton because just Jim's about the grind and about the prep and Obviously. about the work and about the family Beast. and uh, like just getting the martinis and driving the, the, you know, the sled. And he does his whole lifestyle. So we don't talk that much, but like we ended it beautifully. And I mean, I love the guy. Just love him. So I'd love to have, imagine if Jim Rome came on. Pat, is, have you had Jim Rome on this show? Uh, no, wow, same he's time. He's on the same time. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Well, we talked about him, though. We We're, love him, though. We're yeah. next, next to him at Radio Row. We show uh -huh. massive respect to Jim Rome, and Jim Rome hears it. I think Jim Rome knows that because. I think so, too. I hope so. Because the whole daily grind, man. I mean, you know, obviously, with Good Morning Football, and you guys are comparing Greek yogurts to football teams with their... Because there's times there where there ain't shit to talk about. So Jim Rome and all the guys that have been able to do it for years and years and years, I got massive respect for. I like to hear that you guys ended amicably, though. You know? like that's, Oh, yeah. That's Listen, how it should be. 
I've, I've heard about some other people in the industry where, you know, their producer leaves or their writer leaves and they're like, fine, get out of here. You're competition Who? now. Debbie. I was worried about AJ. that. AJ, jeez. What happened? This AJ, AJ wanted you to start. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. not the real world, dude. Dogs no. in these people. Ain't no yeah. reason to Come do on. that. Tone, your question, please, for Kyle Brandt. Kyle, um, one of the highest honors in the NFL, um, and unfortunately some of us in here never got to be able to get this honor, is – Receiving the scepter for angry runs. Oh hell yeah! And because we, I can't. Hell yeah! We can't receive that honor. Is there anything that like we could run through that maybe would impress you enough to maybe send us a scepter one time? Oh, or put it on the intro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I, I will definitely do it. it. Incidentally, it sounds like the guy who got his bathroom trip timed had the angry runs, but that's that's not the kind that. Oh, we Ohio, uh, pretty good. That was all. Awesome. basement on Omaha Productions. No, <laughs> yeah, of course, guys. Like I've given it to a groundskeeper before. I've given it to a photographer. Like I'm kind of tired of giving it to Jonathan Taylor and Derrick Henry all the time. I would love to give like it to Jonathan. someone in the media world. Run through the wall or run over AJ. AJ, are you still ready uh, to tackle? Yeah. Come yes. on. Yes. I'll give it a shot. I think you should run through a, like the glass window <laughs> yeah. right there with the. Hey, Kyle, I just want to let you know, Kyle. What? AJ could still give you 15 to 20 goal line plays right now. Oh, if you yeah. Goal line? Uh-huh. Goal line. Yeah, that's why I said goal line. I'm yes. not change, I can't change direction or stop. I know that. He's going yeah. straight. At, and he, by the way, still, Kyle, it looks like it now because he, he's I'm got a costume. I'm not taking Kyle on. Kyle, look at what? your, Kyle's got that movie star head and he's jacked. I'm not taking you up high. Kyle, you do have a massive head, as does AJ. Huge. AJ's lying right now, though. He, he would go... Yeah. Ride out to jaw if he could right now, if he had to. That AJ would be like that forever. Him and Bobby Carpenter and Schlegel oh, yeah. still measuring body fat percentage to this day, weekly. No. Yeah. That is what yeah. this fucking guy's doing, AJ, or Kyle. Legit. With that little caliper pincher, you're still measuring the body fat? Yes. Uh-huh. Every week. Look at him. Look, he knows. Look, look yeah. No, we got it. No, we got it. We invested in a bod pod. We always. <laughs> Do you remember that? They would pinch your fat and then measure it. And like that was nowhere near pincher. real, by the way. That was nowhere near accurate. Of course not. It no. was this arbitrary thigh pinch. And like, how many little heavyset kids were traumatized by that? What a stupid thing we used to do. Well, there's a lot of stupid oh, yeah. things that go on, including God. this show yeah. daily. And you're going to join in on that with the Kyle Brandt's basement. That's De- right. Debuting when? When's the start? Monday, August 8th. It's coming Monday, man. 1.30. Uh, here, here we go. go. Here we go. Here we go. Oh, go directly against us. Good luck. Uh, <laughs> appreciate that. It's unbelievable. That's. Did you think about that? You're just going to say, hey, I'll go directly against uh, Pat and the boys? Even though- it did occur to me. It did occur. It, it, it did. It's probably not the wisest. But like you said, no. Pat, got to stay at it. Got to stay at it. It's right. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't matter. People- Maybe that's why I'm going Sunday night so I can win one round out of five. That's no, right. no, no. Listen, there is. we started at different parts this whole thing. We used to have 15 people watching for a long time, so we are very lucky to still do it. And people watch your content at different times. doesn't matter when they see it, how they see it. It's a completely different game. Good luck with everything. Who do you think is going to win the Super Bowl? Kyle, obviously the Bills because you got Josh every Tuesday. I think they're going to win the. I think the Buffalo Bills are going to win the Super Bowl. Pat, I, I really do. But I said that before I got Josh every Tuesday. I think you know what my 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 short 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 take on the Bills. If they had literally added no players in the offseason, didn't add Von Miller, didn't draft a single player, including a punter, just added nobody, I still think they're the Super Bowl favorites, even without adding a single person, and yet they did. I think they're loaded, loaded. As are we in the sports media world now that we get a chance to hear you every single day. Uh, can't wait to watch. We'll have to watch after our show. Yes. <laughs> we won't be able to catch you live. I'm sure it'll be great. Uh, Kyle Brandt of Good Morning Football and host of Kyle Brandt's Basement debuting on Monday. We appreciate the hell out of you, pal. Love you, Pat. Love you, AJ. Love you guys. You Thank too, you ladies so and gentlemen. Kyle Brandt. What a day today. Logan Paul, Matt Money Smith, Sal Capaccio. 
Yeah. How was Logan? Been, I didn't get to see Logan. How Logan was, was awesome. Yeah. He, he just got done sparring. He forgot he had the interview, and he showed up like three minutes late. He was literally taking the mouthpiece out mm-hmm. as he was FaceTiming. Great conversation. Built to be a WWE superstar is basically the end of the combo. Yeah. Yeah, sure. See, I mean, his when he, back on Vine back in the day, he was doing all the crazy like wrestling, like like amateur wrestling stuff that well, you could tell like, oh, okay, this guy is explosive and athletic. His him and his brother shut down Vine. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Divine people will never come out and say it, I assume, and the world won't admit it. But as soon as Logan and Jake said, oh, yeah, we'll go right over here. And they said, do it. All right, well, you don't exist anymore. Bang, became YouTube, became the whole thing. I mean, it's just trailblazers, making a lot of money, doing things their way. I got a lot of respect. He admitted about how he didn't know shit about fuck early and he, mm-hmm. how he hasn't really truly come into who he is since for the last few years of his life. And the whole public has watched it. And I think he acknowledged that it's a gift and a curse there. But... Uh, what he has been doing with the WWE, I'm fucking big, big fan of. Big, big fan. So of. how often do you, do you have any idea how often he will wrestle? No, and I was thinking about asking it, but I don't know what's gimmick and what's not. You know, like I don't want to, I don't want to put him in a situation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Feels like a Def- premium live event guy. It does. Yeah, feel definitely. like that's the case. But he can go. Mm-hmm. Like you know, he can go. That no, that was a compliment. No, I know, but I think like. I don't know, like with how much, how good a shape he's in and mm-hmm. how much he can do, like, I don't, I didn't want him to tell us, like, yeah, I'm going to be there more than people expect because mm-hmm. if he was to only be a big show guy, it would make sense. But also, if he was just fucking show up randomly, oh, yeah. it would make sense as well. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know what their plans are with Logan. I didn't want to be the place that, you know, because uh, K-Fape's the real around here. Yeah, that's, that's right. right. That's right, isn't it? He was good, though. He was great. Feel the Beat was a lot of fun with Matt Money Smith, Al Capaccio, Matt Schneiden, and then Kyle Brandt. With Kyle Grant's basement debuting next week. What a show today. Yeah. Show. Awesome show. And t- I mean, we got football back. Tomorrow's huge. We got a Hall of Fame game tomorrow, dude. And Here we go. And hey, Kyle kind of buried Sunday uh, Football Night in America. He did. Yeah, yeah, that was interesting. <laughs> what did he say? I mean, he mentioned them talking about Ukraine. Ukraine. Yeah. Some of the things he said was, I mean, that's probably not a, uh, false about Yeah, but he's Ukraine on the thing. ESPNs. So, like, I mean. They're doing that, too. <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm happy Kyle Brandt will not be. Very yeah, nice. right. right. I'm happy that he'll be, be jacking weights down there, he said. You mean the Aspies? Chugging bears. How what? Does he have like nine cameras in there following him all around the room then? I don't know. I'm pretty excited to see what happens in the basement. Is that his actual basement? I don't buy that. It feels like it is. I do. It's a little small. He's more it looks a little out. small. He lives in New York. Does he live in New York? Yeah. No, he lives Jersey? in New Jersey. Still. Okay. He's yeah, got a beautiful backyard, dollars. dude. I've seen his fucking Where's house. Where's Josh Allen? He deserves a fucking beautiful house. Yeah. Josh Allen's in Buffalo. Yeah, it's a little bit of a haul. He's calling in. What do you think this is? Well, he said sometimes <laughs> he was going to be in his basement, he said. No, he said some guests will be in the basement, not uh, not every guest. Like Shregs will be in the basement, probably. Shregs probably like, lives close, right? I don't know. It sounds like Shregs has a different interview style than Kyle Brandt. He does, did, yeah. The McCourty thing seems in Mike there. Wallace. What's Shregs trying to do? Huh? He's trying to tear McCourty and break him. Trying to embarrass people? It ain't right. What's Shregs doing? What's Shregs doing? You said it. Don't be a fucking Mark, Shregs. Yeah. Shregs. Don't be a mark, dude. Do you know how happy I would be for one of my teammates if they were potentially going to get ownership in a fucking team? If they came up to me and was like, listen to what's fucking cooking, maybe. You know I'm a free agent next year because they couldn't work out a deal here because they've been trying to fuck me over for like the last 20 years or yeah, whatever. There's, how about people are telling me, like, maybe own a fucking team. What? Yet a team's going to give me a percentage of the fucking team to go play for. Who's the team? Miami. Ah, we'd have to play you twice a year. I'm still a fucking owner there, dude. Yeah. This is awesome. Like, I think wouldn't I think we would all be pretty excited for our fucking teammate if that was to happen. Uh, yeah, I'd say, oh, uh, okay, yeah. give me a percentage, <laughs> bud. I'll come do whatever you want. Hey, pal, are you gonna fucking hire me, dude? Yeah. <laughs> director of football operations. You know how cool that would be. Like, I would be, and I guess not every person thinks like this, 
But I honestly believe team sport people get genuinely happy for their teammates' successes. And whenever business takes place and people are out of the building and they're handling their business and however it ends up, like teammates are normally very, very like, hey, you gotta do what you gotta do. You gotta do what you gotta do. I think if I found out that a teammate of mine was in discussions to own a fucking team, I'd be like, here we let's go. go. Let's make this a new standard. And I think a lot of people would feel that way around the NFL, even though I guess there's some pundits thinking the opposite. I just, I haven't even thought about that not being the case, but here we are, AJ. It never crossed my mind to think like, oh, is this guy not focused on this season because he's, he, someone, told him that he may get to own another team, the Miami Dolphins. And like you said, he'd been taking a discount for 20 straight years and they can't figure it out now when I've been here forever and won so many Super Bowls. Yeah, I never once was like, oh, this guy doesn't like the team here. He doesn't want he's, to – he's bailing on his guys. Oh, you want to own another team? Why don't you go fucking play for him now? Like, is, that what, is that what a teammate – That I guess in a movie, teammates yeah. would do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like you're either 100% committed to us or you're nothing. It's like, well – as soon as they start paying me, like, um, <laughs> another team seems to be a bit more committed, you know? <laughs> a team, like, uh, it's just, it's different at the professional level, I think. Like, that is, that just continues to become the narrative with this show. I think, like, you can't view NFL football as if how you viewed your high school football team yeah. and how you viewed high school football. It is just so different. It's it's a business. There's a lot of money being made. And uh, whenever that kind's, kind of comes into conversation and shelf life and injuries and being fucked over, it's just like, it's much more than that. And I think it should be viewed as such on a regular basis, just like this. Yeah, and fans just view it differently, too, just because they want their team to be good. And if there is the possibility of a player leaving, then that's one thing. But we saw... But yeah, you guys ran him out of town, though. We all know that. Yeah. Well, I don't know about that. Yeah, Johnny Foxborough. Yeah, you guys actually, say, hey, Johnny Foxborough, why don't you go ahead and get on two horses, maybe make it three, get a stable, and get the fuck yeah. out of town, pal. Huh? actually included uh, the contract offer that they offered Tom in that whole entire thing, which was very good. And, I mean, very good. it's more than he's making in Tampa Bay. But... Wow. Uh, uh, we, we, we talked about they talked about this with like Debo and like George Kittle during the whole Debo thing he talked about and then even Aaron when he talked about Devontae when Devontae left to go to the Raiders like they're all still friends it's much you gotta different. do what you gotta do yeah. dude. you gotta do what you gotta do you're getting a fucking team bro answer that text <laughs> what, if that, yeah. what if Tom went up to a teammate and was like I just got a text from a guy named Bruce Beal listen obviously it stays between us I just got a text from Bruce Beal who the fuck is Bruce Beal He's the vice president of the Miami Dolphins, successor for the Miami Dolphins. Okay, why is Bruce Beal texting? He said he wants to give me a part of the team. Ooh, answer that text. Yeah, right <laughs> answer, now. Tom, answer that, answer that text, Tom, right now, Tom. That is, I guess it makes sense that the media would think that people would be pissed off at him, but they did lose, didn't try, didn't he? Threw a picture. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, last throw ever, yeah. Uh, yeah, th- on purpose, by the way, because he's not going to the Patriots. Yeah. He, wanted the val- he wanted the value of the Patriots to go down. <laughs> and he was not focused at all. On and that he loves Rabel, so he wanted the Titans to keep going. Uh, at this point, too, his legacy means nothing. No. Uh, once go out there and fucking just roll the ball in the field, play like shit. Yeah. That is also why the Elway thing from the 90s is so crazy, because he did get offered a percentage of the Broncos, and he said no. Just like uh, Dan Marino was offered a percentage yeah. of uh, Pet Detective. Goddamn. Yeah. He said, give me the 30 grand. <laughs> give me the this movie. Get suck. <laughs> Fool. <laughs> Give me oh, full. <laughs> Fucking send it in. No flubs. Fucking give me my cash. I mean, yeah. Dan was in the heart of his career, wasn't he? Like, why would you ever always take the points? 
Well, how about the cash straight up if you're going to go have a good time in Miami in the it's time? Dan Marino. He's already made millions by then. And probably already spent some, too, yeah. if I had to guess. Dan was having a good old time. Dan liked to live. Dan's from the same waters that we are from, yeah. and we've heard the story. Dan, <laughs> Dan liked to enjoy his life. Give me the cash now. I don't trust that fucking. What's, yeah. this, uh-uh. what's this guy? Oh, yeah, I probably it? thought Jim Carrey was a slap dick. So yeah. nah, not a chance. Give me Fuck 30 grand. Dan was like, give me 30 grand and let me name the dolphin, okay? <laughs> Stuff like. All right, let's get out of here. What a day. What a life. What a show. Yeah. Huge show tomorrow. Yeah. Big show tomorrow. Yeah. Hall of Fame show tomorrow, by the way. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Yeah, Hall of Fame show. Real football tomorrow. I mean, it's not real, real football, but it's, it's kind of real. They're kicking real the ball. Pat, Pat, to the ground. Yeah, yeah, Pat's uniform. Football NFL helmets. Yep. yep. Yeah. NFL uniforms. What? What? NFL refs. What? Uh, NFL coaches. What? NFL broadcasts. What? The NFL is... 85% back tomorrow. NFL Boom. Duke. We got Duke on the field tomorrow. Yeah. Hey, and Pat, you well, I would assume you would you'd know. Like when you get out there and they tackle to the ground for the first time, you get so much more tired. You'll realize like they've been running around camp and you tag off at the end or you thud up at the end. When you have to go all the way to the ball and get them to the ground, sometimes like oh. you're in the weird habit of chasing the ball and just getting there and tagging off. And you realize during the game, you're dead tired. Oh, wait, I actually got to get this guy down now, 40 yards down the field. Also, fourth and fifth stringers who have not gotten a lot of reps in practice all of a sudden getting 70, 70 plays on defense. Yep. And there is puking. There is dre- – we're talking about some guys have, you know, like straw hats on, uh-huh. hot dogs, tennis shoes, just chilling, flipping peanuts in their mouth or whatever, sunflower seeds. And then there's other guys right next to them puking most exhausted <laughs> time they've ever had in their entire life and it's the biggest game of their life mm-hmm. while one guy just chilling the other guy tapping helmet tapping helmet oh, we ain't got a guy you got to go back out there <laughs> i can't i can't and that's what that's what the hall of fame game's all about that's oh right. yeah i'll tell you what man grit i do define grit man mm-hmm. it's toughness <laughs> bro next tuesday <laughs> oh, yeah let's yeah. go He's awesome. What they're doing right now might be seen on our dogs on Tuesday. Oh, I can't wait. All right. We are in football season. We appreciate you all so much. We will be back in about 21 hours Uh or so talking more of that terrible bullshit about sports. From AJ, the Toxic Table Diggs, and everybody behind the glass and everybody in this office, we can't thank you enough for allowing us to do this on the day-to-day. We will see you manana. Cheers.